Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Box Office Bingers, the podcast. We just talk about movies, we talk about TV shows, we talk about whatever's on our minds at that moment. It's going to be a great time this week. It is what it is. Uh, Ernesto, what can people look forward to listening to this week? You know, Matt, I will add, hopefully, we can come back to the theaters. Yes. Hopefully we can start adding that back into our tech. But oh yes, nonetheless, nonetheless, we have a great show. Jake Rines from the Junkyard Love podcast is with us. And we're also going to be reviewing Netflix's Project Power, directed by Henry Juice and Errol Shulman. Uh, yes. And Jake, welcome to the show. How are you today? I am super duper swell, guys. I'm pumped to be here. I'm happy to be on this podcast. How are you guys? <laughs> uh, amazing. Uh, I don't know if anybody, I mean, we haven't addressed it, but we kind of just let it happen. I don't know if you guys have noticed when you're listening to our show, but they, we have an extra 45 seconds that's been added to every show at the very beginning. So you hear our, our typical uh, advertisement, and then all of a sudden you hear this this beautiful intro. You hear our voices, and all of a sudden you hear like, you know, uh, we have a, a good show for you guys this evening. And this whole long intro, Jake over here is the guy behind that intro and we are very excited to have him on our show today and we're going to talk about that intro and how he got the inspiration and what was your kind of process through all that we're going to talk about it a little bit later onto the show but uh just kind of saying out there thank you very much for all the hard work yeah you put it's in. great it, yeah. it's amazing i love the, how it turned out yeah i'm glad you guys liked it it was really fun to work on like i said just swapping texts back and forth and, and planning it out and you guys letting me have room to be creative and kind of do what I want, but stick to the theme. Super cool. I, li- I really liked making it. It was it was cool. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think it's really important for like to let somebody who's creative like do what they're good at. Like let them tell you what their ideas are, and then you go from there. It's like more like a deep collaboration almost. Yes. As a creative person, I'm like, yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> Clip that and just send it to everybody on Instagram. Yeah, it was, exactly. <laughs> on everybody on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, but it was also like a fun surprise because like I know like you know we respected the time that you know we we of anybody cr- respect the creative process. So all of a sudden like I'm just like minding my own business and I get an email from Jake saying how does this sound? I'm like oh it's Christmas. Merry <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? What, what's about to be possible? Yeah, I would hit you up at like random times. Like you wouldn't hear from me for like two, three weeks. And then I would just probably in the middle of the day or something or at night, you just get a text. That's cool. Yeah. And then I, like one time I was about to go to bed. I was like getting ready. All of a sudden it's like, hello, I got something for you. <laughs> yeah, I work in strange hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's great. But also, I mean, we, we're also at a time difference. You're all the way from uh, Washington right now. So you're three hours away from where we are, which is yeah. crazy to think about as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yeah, so I mean, like that kind of makes sense that, you know, maybe your normal is like my late and obviously time differences is, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, all right, so let's get started with, uh, there's not much news this week, so we're just going to skip over that. Not not much worth talking about. Uh, I mean, aside, Ernesto, last week, we had a bunch of news to talk about. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that took over <laughs> a good amount of the show, so. That was yeah. a good portion of last week's show. <laughs> yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to, the, the waters are calm on the movie news this week. So we're just going to skip over that and go right over to our What You're Watching. So, Jake, you're a special guest. We're going to start with you. What have you been watching? Um, to be honest, I, I, I'm a YouTube guy a lot of the time. So I do watch a lot of like, um, meditation and, um, kind of like mindfulness related stuff on, on YouTube, on my phone. But outside of that, I have been watching a good amount of, um, with my fiance who's upstairs, we, um, have been watching Parks and Rec, which I have watched a million times, but she she, is her first time through. And so it's just been enjoyable for me to like sit with her and just almost like glance at her at what when a fun part's about to come up and be like, you're going to laugh so hard. At this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we've been watching Parks and Rec and then we did just finish The Politician. Um, oh, OK. Yeah. Did, did you guys watch that one yet? No, that's what's that one. That's the one on Netflix with Ben Platt, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, and it's, I think Ryan Murphy produced that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did he? OK. Yeah, uh, it's it's super good. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of it. I, I really like Ben Platt's music. Um, and there's like a couple little gems in the show of, of his musical performances. But yeah, it's it's a good show. So basically, Parks and Rec and The Politician have been my my recent ones. What are you what about you guys? Uh, oh, actually, before before we move on, I want to oh. talk to you about Parks and Rec real quick. Yes. Uh, we've had this conversation on the show before, but I've always found it interesting of like you watching something, you've already seen it, you love something, and now you're like kind of taking it over like to your, you, you said, well, I, I should say congratulations, you're, you're now yeah. your fiance. <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's more recent yeah. within the last month, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, you just engaged, you, 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 are, you are engaged. Congratulations. You are that. engaged. <laughs> you, are, you are engaged, yes. <laughs> I, I is engaged. It still, it feels weird saying fiance, like we're trying to get over that because it just feels like we're like, 17 year olds who just did the plunge way too early when you say fiance for, it has this weird annotation with the word but um yeah thank you guys very much it's it's wonderful so with with now watching television with your new fiance uh is there like how how does that experience for you because like you you have all these expectations like you went through this process already and you have like this is like a fantastic show and i want to share that experience with 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 somebody else and so like have you been like has the reception been equal or there is has there like been one part where you're like oh my god she's gonna love it and then nothing and you're like oh wow that was not what i was expecting um she's that's a great question um there's been there's been I, i'll say what stands out is pivotal moments she's pretty susceptible to like sh- if i'm like hey you gotta watch this you gotta pay attention to this part she's like okay cool like she, she's all aboard on that um and i feel like I pick up on pivotal moments like there's there's moments where um, say like when Ron and Leslie didn't super have they have respect for each other, but they didn't really have like their friendship super formed yet. But there's key moments in the first couple seasons where you're like, I'm like, oh, this episode is where they have this conversation. And you notice Ron he starts being less of a jerk. He starts kind of noticing that my friends or or my, my coworkers are actually my friends. And uh, so I don't know. Th- to me, I feel like since I've watched it before, I am almost anticipating the scenes that I hadn't realized were so important to the character development until mm. that point. So it's like um, I feel like the first couple seasons of a lot of shows are kind of finding out where, what people like about the characters and finding out it, it's obviously character development the first couple of seasons, but how they you know mix together 
is a new thing that forms in the, the, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those shows, if you look closely, there's like one episode that's a pivotal moment moment yeah. of yeah. like their friendships forming or them breaking down that barrier of being coworkers versus friends. So it's been really cool to point out like, okay, watch, watch Rob Lowe's reaction here when he talks to Anne, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's been really cool. And also I'm just obsessed with the show and I think it's so funny. So I still laugh. <laughs> so that I mean, while wow, you well, you brought it, you hit like a really a lot of good points. But do you find yourself like the parts that you thought were really funny, but your fiance like had no reaction to? Yeah, sometimes I'm appalled at that. I'm like, do you want me to rewind it? Do you, Yo, did you miss something? Do I need to explain it to you? That's what because that happened to me with my wife. And sometimes I'm like, I, why why didn't she laugh? <laughs> so you just don't have a sense of humor, apparently. I, should we get married? I, <laughs> do I need? To, I got a lot more questions I need to ask now. <laughs> I pause it. I'm like. Yeah. Well, we're going to turn this off and have a serious talk now. You didn't laugh. <laughs> you didn't laugh at this. <laughs> did you not see what Andy Dwyer just did? Yeah. It's Andy. <laughs> <laughs> did you not get it? Let, let's let's pause, rewind it. Let's 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 go through this full breakdown of this two-minute scene right here. I mean, you, you don't you don't understand right now. This is yeah. important. Not, Dude, not... Sometimes, sometimes it really is like that. You're just, like, <laughs> devastated that they didn't laugh at this thing that you're exploding <laughs> about inside. <laughs> uh, I you know, with with Megan, the most recent one that I can think of right now is when, like, I mean, Ernesto, we know we were raving about Parasite. We yeah. loved loved that movie, and it's it's all of us. And then Megan, I went to I went to bed, and and Megan's like, uh, I I got it uh, from the library, and I gave it to her. It's like, hey, you gotta watch this. She's like, I'll watch it tonight. And then I wake up, I wake up, and she's finishing it. And like, I kind of like glance over at the TV. She's like, oh, she's almost done. All right, let, let her finish. And then, right, so like I'm going there. Like, around the corner, okay. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right, here we go, here we go. And so then I'm getting coffee. I'm like, so what'd you think? And she's like, that movie was horrible. I'm like, no. what? No! What do you mean? What, what, what? Hold up, hold up. Like, did like, you watch the like, right movie? <laughs> first off, what, what movie did you, oh, you put in coffee and Kareem. That's not the right movie. <laughs> 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 Gross. <laughs> no, no, parasite. You need to put in parasite. It's okay. I'll, we'll forgive you. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> the, um, but yeah, I was so devastated by that. I'm like, how did you not like yeah. that movie? It's like she's. And I forgot the reasons, and we're not going to get into it. But yeah, it yeah. was. It was a moment where I went. I went to work that morning, and I was just, man, what's what's going on right now? This like, how how is this happening? So yeah, I can definitely Life is see crumbling the- around me. Yeah, you don't share the same opinion on the on a film. (laughs) That's the woman I love hates Parasite. Yeah, (laughs) and you just look out the window; it's raining. Yeah. (laughs) So stare. (laughs) I do do have one more question with Parks and Rec. So, me personally, I've only ever seen the first season. I have not moved past the first season of Parks and Rec. I've actually seen the first season twice. Uh, but I have not moved any. I passed from that. I don't know why. It's nothing against the show. I know it gets better. But just as a question for myself, when do you feel like Parks and Rec just hits its stride? Season three, right at the end of season two, around season three. I always say this. Um, I feel like, and it might just be me myself trying to act like I know more than I do, but uh, I feel like they just get funding around season three in a major way. And it's almost like you could really see the character development start intertwined. They basically have this... Um, uh, uh, man, what's it called? Harvest Fest. Um, 
they basically do like a, a concert and they have um, a couple like kind the of pony, big, right? bigger actors. Yeah, yeah, a little Sebastian for the pony. <laughs> and so I feel like around that time, it's right around season three, maybe the end of season two, where they do like a Harvest Fest. I know it's so hard to like hold out, like, bro, just get to season three. It's yeah. only, it's only I, 20 hours of your life easily, yeah. but get to it. I, just I promise it's worth it. Yeah. I just need to get through 30 episodes. It's a rough 30, but after that, you're golden. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I swear, though, I stand by that. Like, once you get, like, where the episode where they have the Harvest Fest, it just feels like it's just, they knock down the dominoes. Every episode after that is just fire to me. So. Okay. All right. I'll keep that noted. And and also, kind of moving to the politician, I don't know much about that show. So can you give me, like, a brief, like, uh, summary of what that is? Mm, okay. So it's um it's kind of like a look inside the the ambitious mind of someone who wants to be a politician so it's a they follow ben platt who's the main character who is i mean some of the best monologues i've heard in a long time um and then there's a yeah maybe it's gwyneth gwyneth paltrow yeah yeah she's in it yep yeah um and and her character is really good in the um i don't know the 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 acting is so good across the board like the the main characters and then the sub characters so good um but essentially it's it's his following the first season is basically like him trying to be school board president or or whatever um kind of the trials and tribulations they have speeches at podiums and it's kind of like high school college level um debacles and then season two it kind of is like later on um, a couple years afterwards in in the progression of like him running for governor those sort of things Um, okay all right so it's funny Yet there's a lot of times where you almost want to pause it and you're like, oh, my God, this represents our entire political system and how they think <laughs> they don't even realize it. It's a lot of like like under jabs at our entire demo- like democratic system, um, but but beautifully done. I, I I mean, I like a lot more stuff than I don't like. So I'm just uh, like overly positive about a lot of stuff. But it's a great show. It's it, I really liked it. It's it's great acting. Okay, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Ryan Murphy. Um, he's done he's done work like American Horror Story, American Crime Story. He's done Glee. He did Hollywood, also on Netflix. He's about to come out with a new movie, I think, with uh, Sarah Paulson. I think it's called Radioactive or something along those lines. I could uh, the mm. name could be wrong, um, or that could be a series. I'm not entirely sure. And that kind of has like that horror uh, twisted element that American right. Horror Story has. Uh, so I've always been. What's it called? Ratched. It's Ratched. Gonna, it's going to be a show on Netflix. Which Sarah, a show on Netflix. Sarah Paulson. Okay, yeah. Radioactive, not even close. I got the R right, but hey, not... Whatever. Hey, that's close, close we're, all hum, we're all human, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> um, but yes, I, uh, so I've, I've, been, I've been very interested in his work so far. So the fact that, you know, he's kind of playing that line with, with politics might have my intrigue. Ernesto, have you, have you ever watched it, interested in that show? Which one? Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. Who? Somebody. I don't remember what guest we had on, but we did have a guest on recently who was raved about it. Said how great it was, and uh, yeah. my sister's watched it. She told me great things. It's, it's just, it's on there. It's, it's on the list. Just yeah. sometimes. Dude, you guys probably have the fattest list of have to watch. <laughs> oh, oh, you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's like, it's like, it's like, it's not that I don't want to watch it. It's just not yet. <laughs> Yes. And sometimes you yeah. gotta be in the mood. You gotta be in the mood for certain types of content. Oh yes, definitely. And it's uh, it has that sort of uh, like kind of has that glee up upbeat 
to it you know like it's a glee is a little more um and this is not an insult it's just a way of describing the best way that i can kind of like dorky um uh just kind of like you know like the the sound bites that they have on glee or every time they change a scene like the yeah like i i like those but uh it's it's like that and it has the clean aesthetic of glee like where um every scene is very well done everyone's hair is perfect in every scene like those sort of things um but it's it's a little more adult than glee okay so it's, it's almost like if you were like a teenager watching Glee and then obviously you grow older and then now this is the next version up is the politician basically. I think so. Yes, actually. Okay. That's actually okay. great. I, yeah. I probably would really enjoy it because when Glee came out, I used to appointment watch Glee every Oh, week. really? Yeah. Then I dropped off somewhere towards the middle, maybe like see end of season 4 or season 5. And then I think I skipped. I think I skipped the end of season five, and then I just watched the. I think it was season six was the last one. Okay, I I've never seen Glee. Not, I, I have some of the music on my phone still. This is some. It's I mean, I remember when Glee was on, and like I would I would go to school, and then people were just talking about like the latest songs. Or like they did this cover or they did that and did that. So I know like people were watching it and it was always like I, I knew of the show, but I was I never took, you know, I was like, oh, I should probably watch it. And I think because at the time, like Netflix wasn't a thing. So there wasn't like for me to way to start it. So at that mm-hmm. point, it's like, well, I don't know how to start this or where I can find this. So it's just like I'm just a show that I'm never going to watch. Now you go today and you can see almost any show at every show. <laughs> it's at some point on a streaming service. You can yeah. start from from start to finish. Yeah. So definitely living in a different time, that's for sure. Well, uh, I think the thing with Glee is because it was like a, it the the appeal was that they were like a TV cover band. It's like, oh, this right. new song came out. Oh, I wonder if Glee's gonna do a cover of it. And that's, that's usually what would happen. Like a lot of songs that would come out, they would like tailor the episodes to to some of the current songs. And that's I think that was more the entertainment than the storyline itself. Yeah, that right. was more of a of a like a like a timely or uh, like a very timely show because they yeah. were trying to very compare it it's kind of like we pause for a sec trying to get it to the uh um to the they're yeah they're you're just trying to get, like, get it to like very current like current events but for a musical yeah. Yeah, yeah all right so yeah ernesto so what have you been watching now man i've got quite a few things on my list me and my son edward we're still powering through uh avatar uh, jake i don't know if you've ever seen it on netflix um it's really great. I'm really, really enjoying the second season. I'd never thought I'd be able to enjoy like a ch- a child's cartoon again, but like we were talking about last week, like I re- I'm really enjoying the storytelling. They just did a whole um, like re- they're starting. It seems like they're starting a redemption arc on Zuko, one of the main one of the main characters. He was a bad guy, and he was you know he was exiled from the Fire Nation, and now it seems like he's on a road to redemption. Like he met up. He was uh, introduced to his family of earthbenders and he had to help them. And in the end, they rejected him. But he still it was interesting to see him like accept that, you know, like he didn't try to attack them. He wasn't upset with them. He just like he understood that where he come from, like maybe it seemed like what he was doing before was the right thing. But obviously he sees what the how the Fire Nation has affected the world and how what they're doing was bad. So it's interesting to see those put those very adult themes into a children's show. Yeah, um, I think that he has one of the greatest character arcs in this show. So I'm excited for you to continue on this journey because I think his his story is very 
it's like when it when it gets to the end, it's like very rewarding to see like where he started and where he has you know evolved into the person that he that he will end up being. So uh, I he's I think he's great as far as um you know being as a character. Uh, Jake, have you ever heard of this or seen this show before? It's called Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, so I know that I have. Um, I feel like I know the storyline. I I may have watched it like long time ago. Maybe I even watched like half of the first season, something like that. Because I know enough about the characters and um, um, about like what the essence of like the theme is, kind of like what what they're slowly teaching the character through and and what the audience is following through with. Um, but no, I, yeah, no, I haven't watched it like anytime recently to be able to um, remember precisely. It, it's right. uh, it's definitely one of those that's on the back of my list though. <laughs> because I, I think that uh, the the things that they teach, you know, the teaching kids in those ways at a young age, like where they don't even realize they're being taught, I think is the coolest yes. things for like cartoons and, and shows like that. Um, and I know it's definitely one of those like teaching about, I mean, not to get too ethereal, but like even kind of conceptualizations of like chakras and stuff like that. Yes, um, 100%. Hinting 100%. at like some sort of, understanding of those of those things um to a young kid i think would be really cool like i i didn't even learn anything about that until i was way older and i think that if i would have watched avatar last airbender when i was younger maybe i would have been <laughs> controlling you know the earth instead <laughs> i would have developed the 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 knowledge of how to uh, move with will more with the earth but there's a lot of like symbolism in, the, in that show as well yeah, yeah, he yeah, really yeah. he really hit on that. Like perfect example is the Earth Airbenders are learn they're teaching them about grounding and being present and, mm. and learning to listen and the importance of listening and waiting for the correct moment. Like like that I, to me, I was like, oh, this show's got me 100%. It's the perfect <laughs> blend of entertainment and th- that deep kind of knowledge you want to seed into while they're growing up. <laughs> Yeah, that's well, dude. I mean, we we kind of I follow this guy. His name's a uh, uh, Vision Lakian. I forget it, Lakiani. I don't know. He uh, runs Mind Valley. Um, they they have a YouTube channel and a whole like festival and stuff. But uh, he talks about how he teaches his kids um, like philosophy, like the religion that he teaches his kids is actually like a Star Wars. He teaches them about like the dark side, the light side, um, and that's like he he has his whole way of teaching them about kind of the psyche of the human mind, you know, like, because there's a lot of things that um, religious teachings kind of point at, right? They're trying to, with these stories, they're trying to teach us about things within ourselves. And uh, a lot of that, we kind of throw out the baby with the bathwater. So I think it's cool when, when parents can find shows and movies and things and be like, oh, okay, we well, see how Luke, he does this. Well, that's kind of like this. And it means, you know, the light side could mean your good self or whatever. So, uh, yeah, Vision, he teaches his kids basically philosophy of life um, by way of Star Wars. So I think that, you know, any kid learning from these shows and kind of seeing the theme and not just like the, oh, what did that cartoon character do in that cool, crazy fight? When they can start seeing the underlying theme of what's being taught here, it's really important. I think it's cool. Absolutely. hundred percent. Couldn't 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 agree with you more. Um, also, me and my wife, we finished uh, the miniseries Defending Jacob on Apple TV Plus with Chris Evans. Um, I really th- I thought the character development was great throughout the entire show. Kind of they really like usually I'm pretty good at catching up on a show and being able to uh, cat like pick up on things pretty early. Like I'm really good at picking up foreshadowing, but this one was able to get me. I was I was a little surprised, but. I will say that the ending of the show did I felt like unresolved. Like there were some things like 
like like that's it like there's still <laughs> there's still like i felt like there were some loose ends that that really should have been tied up mm. um i don't i don't mm. know if it's i actually don't know if it's coming back for another season like to finish it out it is listed as a mini series so i do think that that's the complete story based off the book but i also don't want to see a whole other season of it being dragged out because we see how that can quickly go the other way when there's not enough source material for them to go off of. So, I mean, it was it was all right. Um, I would still suggest somebody to watch it. I do think there's a lot of great moments, like I mentioned to you, Matt, last week. Like it causes like a lot of great um, like points in your life where you would think where you would want to empathize. Like you look at them, like man, what would I do if I was in that situation? You know, there's a lot of they give you a lot of that, which I think is important. Like there were times me and my wife would pause it and we would think like, like, what would you do if somebody did that to you? And I think right. that was important just to kind of role play through that a little bit, just to kind of see mm. mentally where we how you you evaluate a situation. Like yeah, there's I, a point there's there was a point there's a point in one of the episodes uh, where the main character gets spit on. And I was like, I don't think. There's no bigger way you can disrespect somebody mm. than by spitting on them in the face. Like, there's just, like, there's no, I think I would just see red. Like, I don't even know what I would do. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I'm with you. I think I would just lose my mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would either, I would either fist fight them or fall on the ground and cry. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Something devastating Maybe. would happen to me. Maybe both. <laughs> I hit him once and then fall. <laughs> I didn't think at you, but yeah, I kind of did. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then you hold them up. You're like, I'm sorry, Beast Billy. The whole emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I, I like how you said that you you pause it and you and you you and your wife like introspectively kind of insert yourself into that scenario. That's so cool. Like uh, I think a lot of the times when we don't stop and slow down, we think that we would do exactly the opposite. Like you know the typical everybody says you know in, in back in the wars like you'd be on this side or you'd be supporting this person but i think that if you really got to slow down and like what if you had all his thoughts and all his experiences and what if you know that tragic thing happened to you the day before just like it happened to the character in the movie it's really cool to put yourself in those shoes and wonder what you'd do i mean because at the end of the day i mean none of us are perfect we're all human so who's to say that you wouldn't react like that other person i mean not to say that you can't this is a kind of like a really outlandish like uh, example but like think about if you were living in germany during the time of the war which side would you be on do you really think you would be against if you lived in that environment and everybody else is against you and even the people who got to go to work were all government officials who would report on you like if you really think about it which how would you really act like would you be the superhero and try to save the world i mean i don't know you probably might be on the other side like so you start mm-hmm. to question, you start to see the separation in, in how people really break right. things down mentally. A hundred percent. I mean, people, you know, w- when you're older, w- when you have a family of your own to protect, that becomes your first priority. And sometimes, Correct. you know, standing up for like this valiant, wonderful, rebellious thing that you know is right, sometimes puts your family at risk. And you kind of like when you could when you could be with the characters in that and you're like, I could totally see why you wouldn't act out or why you wouldn't oppose the the nazi you know uh soldiers like we we want to say on the surface that we would totally oppose them and we would never allow that thing to happen but i mean i we're not as clear-headed as we think we are look at how crazy everyone is being right now when there's really just like media going (laughs) on so Mm -hmm. so true so true so true no and i and i just that's just something that we picked up like really early in our relationship like 
you know, we watch a lot of TV together. So, like, we started just started adding. It's like another element when we watch something because we're, for the most part, like, you watch something, you're like, all right, well, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Well, all right, let's just start having. It's more of like a fun game that we kind of add on to it. Love that. I would say along those lines, I, for some reason, I gravitate toward movie math where all of a sudden people are like, you see, like, their finances and then all of a sudden they're buying something. I'm like, I don't know you should be doing that. You said you had about $2,400 in your account. And, <laughs> and if you really spent this amount, then you're really over here. But then your bank account, like, you just got paid. And I saw your paycheck. And you said you received another $1,600. So really, you're out this amount. And, like, you really should not be spending a vacation. You, you know, you can't afford that. And I'm like, I don't know why I do that. But we stop the movie and be like, what? hold up a minute. <laughs> well, <laughs> the truth of this character is he just needs an accountant. Yeah, All of his problems would be solved. This whole entire yeah. plot line would dissolve if you just got your finances in order. You you wouldn't believe how much like we probably stopped the movie for half an hour or the show. I'm like, wait, oh come on, man. All right, so let's 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 go from the beginning of where he started on his bank account and just really yeah. just go from there. Megan, um, get a pen and a pad. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Calculator still. <laughs> Where's Megan? Where's the whiteboard? Where's the whiteboard? We need the whiteboard out. We, we need to get... figure out John Wick's finances right now. <laughs> <laughs> How can he afford that car? <laughs> no way. There's no way. There's no way. Absolutely not possible. That's so funny. <laughs> that we I do that quite often. It's like this doesn't make any sense. I mean, even so, when um when we interview oh interview when we reviewed shoplifters last week, I in my notes I was writing down the conversion from Jap from yen to American dollars to see how much she was making and see how this would be affordable living. I don't know why, but this is just like I want to see how I, much detail you put into this movie. I feel like you're you're the only one who does that. I, just, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, I don't I've never met anybody who do calculates finances of of characters. That's awesome. Isn't it crazy how different, like, we all have our different lenses of, of little annotations we put on movies. Like, we yeah. see it through these different lenses, and that's so funny. Um, yeah, so kind of reeling it back in for a second. So, Ernesto, as a series as a whole, for Defending Jacob. <laughs> Just trying to... oh, overall, overall, yeah, so overall, I think the character development was good. Um, I do feel like there were some loose ends that should have been more resolved. Like I felt like they needed a little bit more resolution, but I mean, it is what it is. I didn't write the book, so <laughs> I'll take I'll take what I can get. Yeah, uh, also, you know, we as a family, we uh, I, I took a page out of your book, Matthew. We rented a movie from the library and had it delivered to the house. No way. You know, it's about yeah. time. I've been talking about this library delivery service for. Tell you, man, that's great. Yes, even the library. Let it, they have a whole. They have all the new movies. It's like that's what I'm telling you. As long as you're patient. So yeah. we rent. We actually rented Trolls World Tour. No uh, way. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was cute. It was cute to watching the kids. Uh, it was Edward's turn, so he wanted to watch the dance along edition. Oh, so I skipped because they had they had they had already they had already seen it, but they oh, wanted us. To watch. They they had wanted us. They wanted us to watch them. It was cute. Um, it was a little interesting to see Ozzy Osbourne in this movie. Yeah. And I called him, like, right from the beginning. Like, he started doing the mumble. And I told my wife, I said, babe, is that, is that Ozzy Osbourne? That's not Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> it is. I it looked it up. As a grandpa, as a grandpa troll in a, yeah. in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's so That's funny. Uh, there was one moment where to see it for that. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. There's a really funny moment in the movie where he's trying to do like the rock symbol, and they're just slowly building up to it, and he's trying to do like with his hands, like just, he's kind of doing like this, and then like I think the granddaughter's like, hey, can someone help him out? He's trying, he's trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, was, it up and goes, Wah! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, Jake, going, uh, uh, if you see, I saw your face in like the library. What are you talking about? Uh, so over here in Orlando, they, our library system, the Orange County Library System, has uh, a pretty cool system where they get new release movies and they have it in the library. And what you can do is that they can, they, uh, you can do like an online, you can go online and reserve the movie, and they have a home delivery service. So yeah. you can rent it, and then when it's your turn, they would just send the movie over to your house. And it'll be right at your doorstep. It's a brand new release. And then all you have to do is go to your local uh, Orange County Library branch, and there's plenty around the county, and drop it off and you're good. You don't, you never have to go there. You can just get online. And like Ernesto said, all you have to do is just be patient because you're in line for the movie. But eventually you will get it. And all of a sudden you forget about it. And then you see this nice blue envelope on your door. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, look at that. There's a movie. Ready to go. I, mean, I don't know. It's cool delivery, too. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's just Orange County, but I, I, because I remember growing up as a kid, they used to have the movies there. So it may be you. I would just say check your local library in whatever county you're in. Go to on the on those on the library website. They may have something on there. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like they, you can go there and get the movie, but I think they have a separate like allowed amount that they have in circulation for delivery. Yeah. So like, so you can you can go into the branch and they might have it. Or you can just wait in line for a delivery of, of the film, and then they would just send it there. And it's not there's no Blu-rays or any high quality. It's just DVDs. But like if you just want to see the movie, it's good enough. And like you yeah. like it, you're getting the movie for free, so you can't really be begging. Yeah, you can't can't really complain about quality. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, if you right. want quality, then you can go online and, and rent the movie. Pay if you, for it. Yeah. You can pay for it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I'm so happy to hear that you did that because people don't use that service so much. Like I see so I save so much money by just doing that and it, it costs me nothing it's easily just going online and like it's as as quick as it is to go online and reserve your seat at a movie theater just as it is to go and pick the movie and it will get to your door eventually yeah so, and, and i think you know right now it's such a good time to try to support your community where you're at in any way you can exactly. and i feel like getting stuff from the public library is definitely the way I, i'm not looking at that because i have a short um i mean it's less than a block for sure my library is from my doorstep so i could definitely like i don't even need delivery service i could just walk yeah. down there and, and get yeah, movies if they offer I, I don't know if they offer this i'm gonna have to check it out now so thanks it, for that if you do, let us get, know. get you a nice little nature walk get a nice little yeah, nature walk outside yeah. get some outside air on the way there it's perfect that's perfect yeah you just you get ready for the movie you clear it all out yeah you like your, your one allocation of of outdoor weather in the quarantine yes that's, yes. that's, that's the one out that yeah this is your one time use so better use it wisely yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else Ernesto? uh yeah so i matt i finally finished his Dark Materials on HBO. Wow, that's been like a couple of months. So I realize, I think my gripe with the first season is that it's just like the book, is that there's there's literally so much setup involved with this show. Um, but the ending, it was a very climactic, it was a great climactic ending of season one. I'm not going to really, I don't really give too much away. It has a very, although it just, it has a very dark ending, very HBO-like. And this, it seems like it's almost, like seeing as it was almost for kids. Um, yeah, that's, I think the issue was with the film is that there was too much story to lay out. And then this is essentially what sets up the second and third book. Okay, so basically, Ernesto, what you're saying is that, you know, the first season was fine. But then in the second, you, you feel like there's potential for like a season two and three. Do you know if they're getting a season two or three? 
I don't know if it's been confirmed, but there sh- most definitely should be because the original book series of His Dark Materials was writ- uh, written by Philip Pullman is based off of three books. Okay, it's, that makes uh, sense. The first book is The Golden Compass, which is in what the whole first season encompasses. It's all about this item in the world. The second season, uh, the second book, uh, I'm sorry, is called The Subtle Knife, which is another item in this universe. And the third book, I believe, is called The Amber Spyglass. And those are his dark materials. These are like the main three uh, items in in the universe, like the three okay. most important, the three most important items. And it's basically uh, Lyra, the main character, her journey, um, interacting with her those symbols to take down this organization that's like overpowering the world. There's a lot. This is another show that's got a lot of deep themes. Um, I do want to give it a chance because just like Game of Thrones and those other shows, I really didn't like the first season. But I think it's because of the amount of setup that's involved. So it's not it may be not as like enthralling, like there's a few moments, but it's mainly like setting up, hey, we're going to introduce you to this entire world of characters. And then like so I really believe that the next season, if it is picked up for a second season, um, will really, really kick it off. Yeah, I don't know why I asked you for the second season, because I, I post the trailer on Instagram. So, yeah, there is a second season. They announced it during Comic-Con. So, yeah, that is on the way. It should be coming very soon. Like October, I think. Yeah, because remember, I it came out like last year, and it's just, last it's year. Taken, yeah, <laughs> it just it's just taken me a while to get to it. It's well, just, it, it's, no, because it's like you know, because it's meant for kids, but it right. is kind of dark. Like it's TV fourteen, but it is kind of dark for children. But the well, book is a little darker. <laughs> you you are a lot further than I am because I never started it, and I it looked interesting, but I know I just never. It's like again one of those shows where it's just like. Yes, I will watch you eventually. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, yeah. You know, maybe I can start this one. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I'll put the book back on the shelf. I'll start another yeah. show. <laughs> Sometimes um, it's terrible when you when you start multiple where you're like, yeah, I'm not super interested in it. So you'll get like not even a full episode in on multiple shows. You're like, what yeah. am I actually watching, though? I'm yeah. just previewing <laughs> these. Yeah, but uh, I, I haven't seen that, Ernesto, but I um, I totally agree with what you're saying. If, if it is anything like Game of Thrones, I like Game of Thrones a lot, too. But the first season is just like, who? What? What are those words you're saying? Who are we? Oh, the main character just got, what? what? Like, you're, you're super confused, but it's enough to make you incredibly interested. You're like, okay, I, I know this is very interesting, though. You're leaning into it, but you know you're confused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. I watched the entire first season of Game of Thrones, like, right before. I was invited to, like, a watch party for season two. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. I haven't seen anything of season one, but sure, why not? And so then, uh, at the time, HBO was doing, like, their free week. And, like, you can see. And so then I was like, oh, okay. Well, then I'll just I'll just binge watch. I don't think binging was even a term back then. But uh, I just binge watched the, the whole first season. And the whole time, I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Who do I like? Who do I not yeah. like? The only thing I remember was oh, like, what? yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, the only thing I remember was like watching it, and then all of a sudden, like uh, Bran was like climbing up the the castle, and I was like, oh damn, they kicked him off the roof. Well, he's dead. Well, I'm not gonna see right. him again. Little did I know, seven seasons later, uh, you know, even later on. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then there was another part where. Uh, it kind of took me off guard in the first season when, you know, Ned Stark, he was your main guy, right? And all of a sudden, just like, off with his head. Dude. So you're just like, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, damn. All right, so, like, again, you're so right. Like, there's interest, but there is, uh, you know, it's, it, it takes a minute for you to appreciate 
what you're watching that you didn't know that mm-hmm. you are appreciating that said material. Like it takes a minute to get there, but if right. you give it time, then it will get there. Yeah, because like if you think of Game of Thrones in the opening map, like their their opening sequence where they start showing like where this place is, and then they they zoom out in the map, and then it shows over here, and and at the beginning you're like, what does this even mean? Yeah. But then <laughs> later on, once you kind of learn what it means, you're just totally pumped with the intro, and you're like, okay, yes. we're expanding this and blah blah. But yeah. when they killed Ned Stark off the first season, I got it like that did catch me off guard, and at first I was like, what? This is you can't do that, but it yeah, really yeah. hooked me actually. Because like yes. you know shows don't do you don't just kill the hero in the first no. season no, but they did and then yeah. you never know what's gonna happen in this damn show yeah. so and yeah. and that reigned true throughout the whole series you did not know yeah. what like I just I I you know I've said this before I've only my hit my experience with Game of Thrones is only three months like I did a full six season binge or seven season binge to get to the last season. And so I didn't spend years with these characters, but I just remembered like, oh, I remember a lot of people talking about this particular episode for some reason I don't remember. But like you just re- like you just know that a lot of buzz were around certain episodes. And so like uh, so, yeah, like this show is definitely kind of to the fact of like it could sh- it could switch on a dime at any moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but with, with his dark materials. Yeah. I mean, I feel like between your review, Ernesto, I. I I feel like it's not a glowing review of the series, but it has potential, which I can appreciate because I feel like a lot of season ones kind of do that. Like you have a great, you have a, you know, there's the premises there, the characters are there, the ideas are there. It just, it didn't hit the mark this season, but next season is a whole different ballgame. And with, it's interesting because with this property in particular is the movie, the, the movie that came out a bunch of years ago with Nicole Kidman and Daniel Craig, like, like you could tell it was rushed because it wasn't enough. Like so you it definitely warrants a series, but I think I think maybe it has to do with maybe the way the first book was written. May, mm-hmm. I mean it might just come down like it seems like there's so many that they have common issues that that maybe the issue is with the way the first book was written and how it was set up, but the rest of the book is great. Like the rest right. of the series is great thing. So the setup may not be there, but the execution is good. So, okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and also, I finished season two of Umbrella Academy. Did you get a chance to start watching, Matt? I would have lied. I would be lying to you if I said I started it. So I did not start it yet. But it's it's on the top of my list. I, I'm going to get – I had a busy week. I'm gonna have get, you had a chance to see it, Jake? Yes, I have. Um, I haven't fully finished season two, uh, but I did watch it. it I, I'll admit it was a little casual. I think I was probably redditing just as much as I was watching the show. Um, it was just like on my phone. But – I like Umbrella Academy. The concept of the entire show is super cool. I really like the. Uh, I'm. I'm. I don't know. I'm a little undecided on what I think about season two. I think I should finish it before I give an opinion on it. But overall, the show is very original. I really like it. I, yeah. I, like the originality yes, I think they're finding a good way. Season two over. I'm not. I won't give anything away. Like you get the same beats. It's, you get the same beats as season one. Like they find a way to keep the story interesting. Um, uh, that I will say that they do make you excited for season three because they season two is is like a good is a great setup for season three. Like you can. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it is. But like you, season two is still enjoyable. But you can tell that season three, like some shit 
really is <laughs> it's like shit's really about to go down no like for real like without yeah. really giving it away like shit like they set something up that like shit's about to go down so it's mm, I look I'm, I'm excited that. yes it's definitely it's it's definitely a good season I'm at, but I'm more excited for what's coming for season three Okay, it's funny you said that because technically season three. So there, there are comic books. This is based off a comic book series, and there's only two volumes, I should say. You have like a six issue arc for for volume one, and another six issue arc for volume two. And and volume three, you know, and, and those two volumes came out late '90s, early 2000s. It's been a long time, and all of a sudden, since the popularity of the show, I believe volume three. Is coming. It's either out or it's it's coming soon. I don't. I haven't done much research on what's the future of Volume Three, but I know it's out there. But I mean, depending on when that issue comes out, the show could surpass the uh, the the actual comic itself. So I think moving into season, what happens. yeah. Uh, so moving into season three, they're gonna definitely be diving into new material, from what I know. But I I'm very excited. Like uh, that. There's three shows right now, and I feel like uh, they're all coming down to like which one do you want to start first? For me, it's Doom Patrol, and then you have Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Umbrella Academy, and then coming in like two weeks you have uh, um, The Boys. So I mm. I feel like I need to start watching something now because I, at that point I'm just going to be overwhelmed with what I want to watch next. I think I'm going to start Doom Patrol next. Now that you mention it, like, do you know that one what has definitely been on my radar? And that's a good that, that was a good season one's like real campy and fun. Uh, yeah. Brendan Fraser. It's, it's a great comeback show for Brendan Fraser. I feel Brendan like Fraser's Doom on Patrol, a show. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. he plays a he plays like a, a robot. I think yeah, like, he is. like, yeah, like a bionic bionic man type deal. Right. It's, it's, it's like he plays like the mind of like they basically took his mind and put in a robot's body. That's basically what happened to him. Um and and so, so 2025. Yeah, yeah, 20, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty the much. Future of humanity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Season one was great, and Umbrella Academy season one was great. So I like I'm really looking forward. I feel disappointed in myself that I have not started season two yet because I've been so hyped for it. But a lot's been going on right now, so I haven't been watching too much TV. Uh. So it's it's like I hopefully by next week or next time we we record, I should have at least started it. That's my goal. Same. Well, hopefully we have similar reports for next week. Yes. Um, but other than that, that's all I got. Okay. Uh, so like I, like I just said, not much I've been watching. We have been continuing watching uh, Schitt's Creek on Netflix. We haven't gotten past season three. We watched a couple episodes of season three. And, and so far, like I said uh, last week, I'm really enjoying the show. Right now, where season three is kind of setting up, it's like you can tell that these characters are, you know, kind of setting roots unknowingly setting roots into a town that they don't like. And that's kind of like the interesting part of it because they're verbally they're like, we, we got to leave here. I'm not, you know, we, we don't belong here, but also they're also like, all right, well, I'm just gonna, you know, start this project or I'm going to sign up for this, or I'm just going to do that. And so you can see them like, ah, and then it's like, Oh, I just got this job here or I help somebody out over there. And so like there, I feel like season three is like, shift there's like a tone shift of like mm-hmm. it's turning into uh like these rich people who want to leave the town and now you it's kind of changing into these rich people are adapting 
to the the environment of, the, of this town and kind of realizing that, you know, maybe they are going to be residents here soon. And it's interesting to see that dynamic between I hate living here and this is more or less I'm going to assume is going to be my new home. Right. Yeah, that's a cool pivotal moment right there. I feel I, I had started Schitt's Creek and so I know the premise of it. Um, uh-huh. I, I didn't get that far, but that's I feel like that moment in the whole storyline of really any show Something like that is really where you're like, oh, okay, I see where you're going. I get yeah, yeah. You kind of strap in. You're like, okay, I understand. I know the characters. Now we're gonna live their life. You know, we're gonna pretty see much. Yeah, up. that's kind of where you're doing. And also, it helps that the dynamic between the family is just downright hilarious. Like there, there are moments where like the what do you call it? the cold open of the show is just them bantering, and that's easily part some of the best. Uh, like parts of this show because all of a sudden like there's no ending to the resolution they're just they start off with a, a small little problem like in their motel and then it just quickly escalates to like how do we even get here like what are they yeah. what are they even arguing about anymore and then all of a sudden <laughs> it doesn't matter because you just hear the intro music and then it just starts off the beginning of this story but it kind of very similar to the office where sometimes the beginning before you hear the intro is not really related to what the episode's about. Mm. It's just a fun back and forth between characters. And that's what you like to see. And I would like to assume that maybe they got inspiration from that and that style of comedy because it really works and it's funny. So mm. I, I enjoy, I'm enjoying watching this series and watching it grow. Um, and like I said last week, I know season six just ended on, I think it's pop TV. And so it's coming in October, I believe to Netflix. So I'm looking forward to rounding out the series once everything is on Netflix. So that's good. Cause it, it sounds like you're enjoying the journey. And yes. you know, like I say, you know, like we say before, like it's, it's more any, whether it's a show or movie or even a book or anything, it's all, a, it's, it's about the journey. It's not about how it res, how, what the resolution is or how it, or how everything ended up. Right. But but it's funny because within that journey, you are anticipating the resolution and you exactly. want to see yeah. the resolution, but you're also enjoying the journey. So like with any good show and like, you know, I was on my soapbox last week on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm not going to repeat that again, but uh, <laughs> I went on a huge rant on, on this on a different topic. But um, there was like you like you're enjoying the ride so much and you want to get to the end. But then when you get closer to the end, you're like, oh, I don't want it to finish. I, I just wanted to linger just a little bit longer. Yeah, because right. it's like a chapter, right? It's like a piece of you is 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 done. <laughs> right, exactly. That that either long or small part of your TV life of, with these characters are now slowly coming into an end. And then, as you know, Ernesto, we hit that infamous show hole that we never want to be in because they're like, now what am I going to watch? I got now I got to look at the I got to dust off the shelf again and see what else is out there. And like <laughs> and like it's like I'm not ready to commit to new characters i just spent so long with these other characters that i don't know if i'm <laughs> gonna like them anymore you know <laughs> you get into that yeah that and, then, and then you're like mixing up you're like why is aria in in schitt's creek yeah <laughs> oh wait no wait wrong character, like, wrong it, character. <laughs> um, yeah so i'm enjoying that ride um and then also I kind of tease this if you guys are looking at our at, at our instagram page at box Office underscore bingers then you will uh see that there was it was a new experience, an old slash new experience that I dealt with the other day. And uh, Ernesto, I know you're very familiar with this screenings. You've been to a few of them. I've been yeah. to a few of them. Um, Jake, I'm going to give you like a, a brief kind of history on what a, a screener is. So basically, the movie studio wants people they they 
the movie studio gives out tickets to, you know, if you sign up for it and you follow different websites and try to see if you can grab a movie pass for the screener. And basically the, the gist of it is that movie studios are using um, like they're premiering the movie early to the press. But the press uses the entire theater and there's only like one or two rows worth of press, if that. So they open up the theater to everybody else who is just a bystander. So the screener is mainly for the press, but you can also join in. But you have to sign up for it. Once you sign up for it, you need to attend the theater early and wait in line because it's first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. So even if you have the 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 actual pass to go see the movie for free, you uh, that you don't get you don't, there's no guarantee that you're going to be in the movie because they could have more press than they anticipated. So a lot of people show up early so they can guarantee to see this movie for free. That's basically what the big thing is. The movie studio company gets a good word of mouth. The theater is on board because they get concessions because more people are willing to spend money on the food and then have to pay for the movie ticket. And if the if the movie studio gets it up and running early, then people can run out and, you know, get their food and relax and enjoy the movie for free. And so with all that being considered, I used to do that a lot. I kind of scammed the system. And Ernesto knows I was all over these. I was there at least once or twice a week on these screeners and I had way too much time on my hands. But, uh, you know, I was able to see so many movies for free along those lines. And then COVID happened. And movie theaters are not the place to be in right now. So and also new movies are not happening, obviously. And then we dived into video on demand and, you know, $20 rentals and, you know, movies moving to streaming services. And so like the, the, the screener atmosphere has gone away. And then all of a sudden I get an, I get a, a familiar email from GoFobo.com, which an email I have not seen in a very long time. And those are the ones that are responsible for some of the screeners. And they were like, hey, would you like to see an online screener? I'm like, I'm sorry, what? What? What is this online screener you're talking about? What is this? And basically, it's like, would you like to see the movie for free? And you can see it from the comfort of your own home. And I was like, oh, yes. Why not? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I signed up for it. And it was a very interesting experience. And so for anybody who's familiar with the screening process is somewhat very similar. Like it, there is a sense of a first come first serve. So it was so I once I signed up for it, I was I was received an email. They're saying that one hour before the movie starts, you will get a um, an hour before the movie starts. You get a link sent to you. You have to click that link pretty much as fast as you can mm. like that, because that's where the first come first serve comes into play. And so then you, I click it and then I'm in a waiting room. They say, congratulations, you're in the screener. Now you have to wait an hour before the movie starts. This you sounds stressful. Like, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> it <laughs> is a, buy a Coachella ticket or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so now I'm in a waiting room and they're like, the movie will start in an hour. You can leave the page. Your name's already on the list. Uh, so like this, you got to be back in an hour basically. So, you know, I'm doing whatever around the house and then I set up and they said like, you can't share the link cause we're going to know basically your link is attached. We can like, if you share it, they can tell that there is more than one user under your name. That's going to be on this movie. So you can't share it or else you're booted out. Uh, and I guess that's considered somewhat illegal at that point. Uh, because you are signing that this is we're doing this for you, not for for you to share or copyright or anything along those lines or try to pirate the movie. And so um, 
they also said I can't use other devices. I have to use one. So I have to hook up my laptop to my TV because I was not about to sit there and watch a full movie on my computer. That's not going to happen. So, <laughs> so the hour went by and then all of a sudden I get this, 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 this warning label basically saying like, you can pause the movie, but only for a short amount of time. Uh, whenever you're ready, you can press play on this, you know, all this piracy rules that you have to abide to. And then I click play and then it was like an error has occurred. And there's like, oh, oh no. and I was like, well, well, that sucks. They're, so like, I, they're like, if you refresh the page, you're going to jail. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like you specifically told me don't refresh the page. So like, what am I doing? So actually eight minutes went by and I was refreshing the page and all of a sudden it, it came up. I'm like, oh, OK. So I guess so for some people, they could have just, you know, stopped trying. But I, I think what happened was is that, you know, a lot of people were flooding into the servers. I'm trying to see this movie because you're having a, a damn countdown for, for you know. So uh, so I was able, after about 10 minutes later, I was able to start the movie. And at all of a sudden, like the movie starting and like I wasn't mentally prepared for it because I'm like, oh, OK, this is first of all, this is new. And and then the first thing I see when the movie starts is my name on the screen. And apparently what they did was they had a watermark throughout the whole movie of my name and my email address that would switch off every couple of minutes. And I was like, well, this can get annoying very quickly. But basically, they just wanted to know that if you were sharing it with somebody else, they knew exactly who to find because your name was attached to this file. So I was like, damn, this is. Yeah, they're not letting you any wiggle room. (laughs) No, not one chance at all. And like I said, luckily we were able, like we did have the option to pause it, but I couldn't rewind it. I couldn't fast forward it. It was just a pause and go. And that was it. Once the movie was over, uh, I had to do a survey at the end of it to rate my experience. And then that was it. And Ernesto, you know how stressful it is to just go into one of these screeners in the first place. Like some, in some cases you have to put your phone in a bag and you don't get your phone back because they don't want you to record. And like, (laughs) yes. And so like you're really abiding to those rules and regulations. But in this, you know, it felt nice to to see a movie for free that I was supposed to see in theaters and seeing it from home Mm. because I'm like, all right, so let me see. I didn't have to leave my house. I didn't have to drive two hours before the movie started to get in line an hour before the movie start to maybe not even enter the movie and then drive home. Like, you're, like there's a lot of time that you're saving because all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's seven. Movie starts. Cool. It's over. Now the rest of my night. And you're like you were doing it from the comfort of your own home. So I think this was I hadn't seen this before. And it was more or less of a trial period. I think they were working on. Mm-hmm. So I was like. Pretty uh, and I, I enjoyed that process, even though it was kind of stressful toward the beginning, but and then and ended up working. So all in all, like I think it was a cool experience, and I don't see them doing this for big blockbusters like Tenant or Mulan or like New Mutants so. coming out. No way, they want your money in the theater. Yeah. but not when they're not when they're selling Mulan early pre-release for thirty dollars. Exactly. What? That's that's pretty. I mean, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I I don't. Like we're we're working with what we have here. Like what? Do, so Matt, now that you experienced it, what do you what do you feel like the future of that is gonna be? I mean, obviously we don't know what's gonna happen with COVID when things are gonna open, but right. I well, it's funny because I was having this conversation with Megan last night because my big question is, why are we even doing this? Like you know, 
we want people to go like this movie's going to be like all the theaters are opening up this weekend. AMC's opening up tomorrow. Regal's opening up on Friday. And this is one of the movies aside from uh, uh, Unhinged with Russell Crowe. You have this movie. I, I I was so involved with the experience. I didn't even tell you the title of the movie. The movie was yeah, called, I know. <laughs> uh, the movie was called Words on Bathroom Walls. And I'll get to my small my, my brief review in a second on it. But yeah. kind of more wrapped around with this experience, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, it's so I, the whole thing with that's like why are we even promoting free online screenings that i can see at home it just didn't make any sense to me the only benefit from it was that word of mouth like this movie's so good or this you know i enjoy this movie so much people should go watch it in the theaters but other than that like the theater's not benefiting from it the movie theater's not benefiting of it benefiting from it if you really want press to see this movie you can just send them a personal copy you don't i don't need to see it so, like, it's it kind of like it doesn't really make any sense on why they are allowing, you know, a typical bystander uh, to see this movie for free. Only the only thing I can think of is word of mouth. So to answer your question, do I see this becoming a future? Absolutely. If it if it works, more people are comfortable, especially right now and at least toward the end of the year or at least until we get a vaccine in place that people are not comfortable going to the theater. So if you give that experience for at home, because most people are watching content at home anyway, they might be more inclined to be like, hey, I saw this movie from my house and here's my review on it. And so like you're getting people who maybe weren't I, I think you're hitting a demographic of people who want to see new movies, but don't necessarily want to go to the theater to see it. Mm, especially yeah. a movie like, you know, not, nothing against that movie, but not a lot of people are rushing to go see words on the bathroom wall. Like I'm sure none of you have even heard of the movie before. So yeah, exactly. So this, this is my point exactly of like there, maybe they're just pushing uh, a movie that no one's heard before to a wider audience because they know people will not be going to the theater to see it. Yeah. So, I mean, they're that, probably trying out new forms of marketing in a way too. Cause like, like without having the movies in theaters, you also don't have the trailers, the previews before the movies. And exactly, so, exactly. And, and there's, I mean, now we're, we're kind of, like you don't really get for shown. Sometimes Hulu, I guess, will like advertise um, their own like content and stuff. But yeah. where else do you really see movie trailers now if you're not going to the movies? If you're not like consuming that same amount of content, it's like so they're probably trying to insert any sort of publication about the movie anywhere they can i imagine i don't know right i mean and this is a form of advertisement i mean hell they have me and i'm talking about this experience and i'm about to talk about the movie so you know if they got a big check mark on that they got me to talk about it so and this is exactly what they want i'm assuming this is exactly what they wanted to just get the word out there and and it's working because i'm about to tell you how my thoughts about the movie is so yeah um so yeah so i mean and also, like, there's also, like, with any screener, there's always a sense of, like, you're more apt to give a more positive review of the film when you saw it for free. And, like, you, like there was no risk. You didn't pay anything to see this movie. The same with Netflix or Hulu. You're paying for a service, and you're more, you know, probably prone to leave maybe a positive review because you saw the movie, and then if you didn't like it, well, you just move on, and you probably won't talk. Most people will probably, most people will probably say good things about it, than they would negative things about it. Like mm-hmm. they might go online and say, this movie was amazing. And on the reverse, if they didn't like it, they might not just say nothing. So it's good press either way. Yeah. Unless it's really bad. <laughs> unless, unless it's really bad. Yes. Unless it's uh, like, like coffee and Kareem bad. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, Jake, but if mm-hmm. you want to see a movie that's pretty bad, like I don't even, 
Um, I don't you even want to an awful experience. Yeah, pretty much. I would go watch that movie on Netflix. Right. I mean, I might even have to just to see what this is all about. I'll give it like a 15 minute intro. I'll be like, what? There you go. And then, and then you can just skip to listen to our review of it, and then you'll understand our frustration. <laughs> yeah. Deal. Uh, but yeah, but the movie itself, words on bathroom walls, is actually really good. It actually brings up a topic that I have not really, you know, didn't really know much about, and so they kind of brought awareness to schizophrenia, and it was a uh, a student, you know, in high school who all of a sudden experienced a heart attack and then he went to the hospital for it and he was, you know, seeing things in his head, hearing voices, and then he was basically diagnosed that you have schizophrenia. So the whole movie is like more or less like a lighthearted, you know, way and also bringing awareness to this this illness or disease that people are experiencing. And they had one great line in the movie that kind of like really, really had me thinking about it, which was. You know, when people have cancer and children have cancer, they have like, you know, there's a whole bunch of organizations like a Make-A-Wish Foundation that, you know, you were going to grant you your wish, you know, before, hopefully not. But if you pass away because of the severity of the cancer, you know, at least you were able to do one good thing about it, you know, you know, to help this child through a difficult process. And the our main lead was kind of telling this to the audience. And then he was like, but when you're a schizophrenic kid. Nobody cares about you. They want nothing to do with you. They don't want anything. Wow. They, they, you know, in this in this particular case in the movie, he had to switch schools because of his experience with his law school when he found out that he had schizophrenia and then he was being bullied. And so he basically had to move to a different school to, you know, kind of start off fresh. And it was a Catholic school. And so like the the uh, I guess the I guess would you call the the principal or the person who was in charge of that Catholic school was like, we're just going to keep this in the down low. We're not going to tell anybody about this issue. And so, like, it was a lot of like and that's kind of like, you know, the movie ways is showing like we're just kind of burying this this disease. And the movie ended up kind of showcasing that like this is real. This is out there. This is happening right, right. now to many children and many adults. And they even kind of showcase in the film like somebody who has it and maybe, you know, he's homeless and you can tell he's just yelling at random people. And you, and you can tell that the our main character is looking at him and saying, like, this could be my future if I don't try to resolve it. And so, like, there was a lot of heavy themes in there. But it was, it was also very lighthearted humor. These The people that he was seeing in his head was, like, more or less kind of sort of a, com- a comedic relief because he had these very, very vibrant characters that he was in his head. And you also saw the process of him trying to, you know, uh, control it and him taking various different pills to try to suppress it. And like the movie did a really good job of like when he takes a certain pill, like the, those characters that were in his head were like glitching, meaning the pill was working. Mm-hmm. And, and, but then there's also a side of like, he was experiencing side effects. So then you're kind of dealing with, do I deal with the side effects or do I deal with the people inside my head? And so, and then also the movie did a really good job of like, here's, a best case scenario of this, 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 the, with schizophrenia. And then here's a place where you can get into a really dark place. And the movie kind of ends with, you know, basically saying there's no middle ground. It's just something that you have to, you know, and, and everybody has a different experience, but it's almost feels like it's something that you have to learn to 
control and live your life. It's not like, you know, you shouldn't be at a, a psychiatric, uh, you know, facility or a mental facility, or you shouldn't just ignore that you have this. This is pretty much this is a part of you and you need to learn how to kind of live with it to the best of your ability. And it helps when you have people along the way to help you through it. When sometimes you feel like they're not trying to help you, but they are another great message that they had in this movie. So a lot of heavy themes, but it's geared to not children, but it's geared toward like the adolescence of it all because our, our main leads were, uh, you know, teenagers in high school. So, yeah, dude, that yeah, sounds so good. Actually, I, I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to watching that. That sounds awesome. You really sold me. Like I yeah. was like, damn, that sounds so good. Like yeah. it hits on a lot of good points. Like, I mean, huge problems that are in our in our community: homelessness, uh, prescription prescription uh, addiction, side effects addiction. In the big one, mental health, mental health, mm-hmm. how overlooked it is in our country. Yeah, dude. Yeah, have you guys seen uh, Beautiful Minds? Uh, yes, it's a show. Oh yeah, movie. Sorry, movie with Russell Crowe, right? Is Russell Crowe, is there, is he in it? I'm trying I'm trying to remember the actor's name. It's about John Nash, the the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Beautiful yeah. mind. Yeah, a, a beautiful mind. Yes, a beautiful mind. Great, correct. Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's Howard a lot about schizophrenia as well. Um, yeah, I I think that's super cool, and I think it's a good time for a movie like that to be to be announced. I mean. It's interesting. I am someone who like I'm pretty immersed in kind of like mental health and in psychology um, and and kind of like how society reacts to it in certain ways. Uh, so that just that really fascinates me because I think that a lot of when it comes to mental health or any disorders, you know, we love labeling them and we love like once we get the label on them, then we give you the right medication for it and then you're fixed and then you're a normal person again. But the reality of any sort of like mental issue or mental illness is is like you're the one who has to learn how to to live day by day as as your normal. And we don't really have a place to talk about those sort of things. So it's great to see theater, you know, opening up this whole ripping this hole open with this story of like, hey, we're gonna force ourselves to talk about these things that make us all uncomfortable. Yeah, right. Bring it and, to the forefront. Yeah. Seriously. And there was a lot a part in the movie where like you can tell that he is talking to a psychiatrist. Uh, and but you never see the psychiatrist. So in in essence, the, he is talking to us as the audience of what he's feeling and experiencing. It, but in actuality, he's talking to his psychiatrist. But we never see this person. And so like when he's saying these things, like I like this is what I'm feeling, or the, here's my experiences. It it's he's totally talking to us. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm giving you an inside look on like pretty much what I'm feeling at this moment. And it's like wow. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's for me, it was an eye opener because like, it's something you just know, but you just don't know a lot about. And I love how movies can sometimes just show you that. And, you know, this is the reason why we go to the movies. You learn something new almost every time. I mean, right now people are talking, you know, a perfect example. People are talking about, you know, with uh, unhinged, this movie that is coming out and kind of reopening the movie theaters. There's also uh, people talking about Tenant and Mulan, and those are great blockbusters, but the real movies that people should be talking about is this one right here, words mm-hmm. on bathroom walls, because this is, these are the movies that like really just kind of like, if you just sit down and pay attention, it really has a lot to offer. And like, I mean, yes, it's surrounded by a love story, but there's so much more than that. And you can tell like, you know, and it's just under the prism of somebody in high school, a beautiful mind with Russell Crowe. That was somebody, you know, in, you know, uh, what was it? it was in college and his adult life. Like it, it, it stays with you 
for in and not the saying that there is a the, the the whole point of this is not that you need a cure this isn't something that you can resolve this is something that like you said needs to be dealt with in your own way and how you can live with this and so that's kind of where we that's kind of where we're at in the in you know with this film and i think it's i thought it was great i really enjoyed it uh, aside from like looking past my name being watermarked throughout the whole movie <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. and in my email address because it's funny okay, because i had a name... different name at this point i just i'm sick of seeing yeah. it. you're contemplating <laughs> yeah, yeah. Name. change <laughs> it up a little bit <laughs> at least Someone use matt <laughs> <laughs> like just just use matt don't use matthew all right that's too formal you know <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I recommend it. You know, if you are looking to go to the theater this week, you know, this movie's definitely out there. So if you want like a good movie to go and watch, I recommend that one. Or, you know, if you're not if you're not comfortable going to the theater yet, just wait for it to come out on on, you know, video on demand. And I think it'll be good for you guys to watch. Do you do you see it being an Oscar contender or at least, at least a record, at least to be mentioned, maybe? Unfortunately, I don't think so. I just I feel like it's one of those movies that. You know, I, I feel like it's not a lot of people are talking about it, and I don't think the studio would push it for a like an Oscar contender. I do feel like it kind of hits under the the realm of like um, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. If anyone's seen that movie, it's it's like it's kind of one of those indie flicks that like this is a a, poor, a, a part of someone's life. And you like you don't see it at the beginning and you're not going to see it at the end. But it's just at this moment, this is what someone's going through. And so you're not going to really get a resolution and you're not really going to get a full beginning. They're going to do your best of how it all got started. But it's kind of like here's a bloop in someone's life and here's experiences. And you just know that it's going to be moving on forward from that. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, I don't see this being an Oscar contender, uh, but I still feel like this could be a movie that people are going to be talking about. So right. hopefully that yeah. at least word gets around. Yeah, it yeah. is cool. It's cool you were saying about, you know, the beginning and end not having so much of like a setup and a resolution. Like it's almost, you know, use the word portal. You know, a lot of movies are kind of portals. It just throws you into like, look at this guy's perspective. Look at this. And then when the movie's over, you're like, Jesus, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Oh yeah. And you're kind of forced with your own thoughts back in your own life once you like pull your head out of that, you know, that's super cool. That dude, that movie sounds great. I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, so if you ever, I, I definitely recommend it to anybody to go watch it. Um, and so, yeah, but that's all I've been watching uh, in my in my world. Um, so, yeah, so now we're going to move on to our spoiler review of Project Power, the new Jamie Foxx film with um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and newcomer Dominique Fishback, I believe her name is. Yes. Yeah, and, uh, definitely she, a star Oh, yeah, she's definitely a star in this movie. Um, so, uh, Jake, we're going to go over to you first. What were your thoughts on this film? Okay, so I really liked it. Um, it gave me the – I was talking with Shaylee. Um, the initial kind of vibe that it gave me was similar to the movie Bright that Netflix came yes. out with, with Will Smith. Oh, yes. Um, so, so it gave me that in in the, the concept of the film, of Project Power – I thought it was really cool because I feel like it's kind of pushing, you know, whether we want to or not, we as a society are kind of at that level. Not like magical, you know, nuclear pills, but we're kind of at a place where we can change our DNA and we can, you know, edit our genes and these sort of things. So um, I thought it was cool for the time being. And I thought that the movie by itself, even outside of that, was really well done. I like um, Jamie Foxx a lot. I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt a lot. Um, and then I forgot the actor that you just mentioned one more time, but um, uh, she did great, I think. Dominique Fishback. Uh, 
Yes. Dominique Fishback, yeah. Um, overall, my review of the movie was I very much enjoyed it. Um, we'll hear your guys's, but I, I did write down a couple like quotes as I was uh, like listening to the movie. I was like, oh man, that was a savage one-liner right there. So I have a couple of those <laughs> that were, I wrote were, down. There was quite a few of those in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. Uh, Ernesto, where, where, do you, where are you at? Um, I thought it was great. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. To me, like you, you, like you really hit the nail on the head. Like, it, it is very similar to Bright. But it's like a hundred times better than Bright. It's like they took what Bright did and they just they like literally amped it up. Um, yeah. Some some really really intense fight scenes, um, like when he's fighting um, Newt the fire guy. Um, that was intense. Just like seeing like because that's the first time mm. we actually see the drug in action. And you know they take that right. they take the extra step with the special effects to show you like the chemical reactions in the body, like how it reacts to the eyes and the skin. Um, you know, you see the scarring on his body, you know, I felt like that was the movie's versions. Like this is what a souped up junkie on this, on this drug looks like. And then obviously you see him OD in the tub, which was crazy. Like he just kept on fire as he was drowning him. (laughs) Um, we mentioned, you know, you mentioned Dominique Fishback. She was like, like she really came out of left field. Like, I don't think. It took me – I don't know if it's the same girl, but um, she is listed um, from the movie The Hate You Give. She played Kenya. Um, Matt, I think you've seen it. I um, have. I don't I don't remember her character, but I wish I have now because she was a standout wish, in this movie. Seriously, seriously, seriously. She did – I thought she did such a, such a great job. Like even – I don't know if like she really wrote those raps, but mm. man, she was, she was spitting like straight – fire Dude, like, i love bars in a movie like anytime any <laughs> any acapella bars in a movie i'm like turn this off this is too good turn around great. What is this? like like listening to her words and the way she put them together really gave me i don't know if you guys have ever listened to tupac but like his music is very like like just like a lyrical genius like very like very poetic poetic, very poetic. Yeah. Like that's the best. I guess that's the best way to put it. Like the one where she, she's um she's talking to the teacher. Obviously, you know, showing her lack of confidence. Like what she really wanted to say versus what actually happened. Um, I thought I, she they gave her a really good art. I mean, the writing was really. I think the writing was really well done on that. It was written by Matt Tomlin, who interesting enough is writing the Batman, the new the Robert Pattinson film. Um, so that's interesting. This interesting to see what his work what his uh, writing and work is going to be. He's also writing the new Mega Man movie. So there's a Mega Man movie oh, coming out. He's going to write a movie. <laughs> yeah, so those are can... his projects. So this gives us like a really good idea of what's okay. something of more to come. Um, yeah, especially with like the Batman. And Batman's going to be a huge movie with Matt Reeves uh, directing it. He's, he's the director of um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. And so like he's a great director. And Matt... I think, yeah, Matson Tomlin, yeah. So, like, the fact that this Project Power kind of relates to super superheroes and superpowers in general, like, for to hear, to see how great this movie was, and then, like, oh, you're writing the Batman? Oh, man, what kind of right, crazy right. shit are you about to hope. put in that movie? <laughs> yes, it definitely gives good hope. A it's also director. interesting... It's also interesting that George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it, too, because wasn't he kind of, like, primed in the other Batmans to be Robin, like, towards the yeah. end? 
<laughs> yeah, at the end of the, the Nolan the, scene, you're always kind of like, like well, I mean, I know they're not going to intertwine that probably, but just seeing that, you're like, hmm, what are you mm. doing there? <laughs> are you are you coming back for the Batman? Well, you know, yeah. that's a really interesting point because a lot of writers and directors, when they you know when they were used to somebody, a lot of times they have certain people who follow them along their career during certain films. So yeah. who knows? Maybe maybe in the Batman, maybe you could see him come back. I mean, obviously we're like fan casting at this point, but... Yes, we are. Yeah. In, in, the, <laughs> yeah. in the Quantum Universe chimes in and Robin jumps out of the portal, you just put Quantum <laughs> any scene and you could just fix any movie to whatever you want yeah. it to be. <laughs> that doesn't really work so, timeline-wise? Ah, it's all right. We're going to just throw in time travel and that'll yeah. fix everything. Yeah, Rick and Morty <laughs> just like open up a portal in the middle of the new Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wouldn't that be crazy all of a sudden robert patton's doing his thing and all of a sudden you see this portal comes out like hello this is the multiverse here's robin goodbye <laughs> Joseph Gordon here go do yeah, good movie, stuff yeah. movies movies can kind of do whatever they want some like oh, i yeah. feel like we're at this weird edge where you just don't really know what's going to happen i'm i wouldn't no, doubt it we'll see yeah <laughs> uh, but, uh, yes but yeah, overall but, uh, yeah go ahead i Movie was great. The writing was really well done. Special effects, special effects were good. Fighting scenes were good. Uh, great character development. The, my only like little caveat with the movie is like towards the end when Jamie Foxx is sitting in the chair and he's kind of basically explaining his power and what he can do. It's like you don't really see it. He, the guy's like, "All right, I'll let you out." <laughs> I did notice that. And then the other, the big guy comes in. What? You let him out? He's like, go upstairs. What? Yeah. Why didn't you like? Do you not think that that guy would have like pummeled him or or like beat him or thrown him against the wall? I don't know. Like right. to me, that was the only thing that I was like, well, that was a little strange. But I, but the movie's been really good, so I'm gonna let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's kind of like one of those things where I'm almost done with this movie. You made a a small like error, and like you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna let it go. Yeah. It's not even so much as an error. It's more of like, I don't like out of all of the character direction you could have went. That was an that was an interesting like easy. It was like to me it was like too much of an easy way out. Like yeah, it, right. like if, yeah that's a good point. Like, At least we got the beard guy to have the fight after. Like, yes. like, yeah. <laughs> we did walk in and we had that fight. So I feel like if we did saw, see Jamie Foxx fight that like random guard, we'd just kind of feel bad for the guard, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just they just like blew a hole in his chest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Like it felt like that was like it almost feel like all right, here's this big strong man. I'm a threat. You we're gonna we're gonna spend about five minutes dealing with this guy. And like, hey Joyce and Gordon Love just comes, hey Jamie Foxx, here's a shotgun. Oh thanks. <laughs> <Yeah. on>. yep. <laughs> well, that was that and that's that guy. Yeah. Moving on. Hey, I think you see him knock out those steel doors like, oh, man, he's about to fuck shit up. And then yeah. it didn't happen. any of that. Right, right. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> like but a good I, old shotgun would handle this issue. Exactly. I thought like Jamie Foxx's like final end scene, his power, that was great. Although like, like how did he redirect it so it didn't hurt the girl who was laying clearly in the path of being blown up? I mean – well, another thing, it's like, well, whatever. Maybe he can control where it goes. That's, that's yeah, it's fine. We'll yeah. On. <laughs> He's well, mastered it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you you mentioned that because that was actually the only real issue that I had with this movie was the ending. It just it just felt like it was too easy at this point. We were like building up to something, and then all of a sudden, Jamie Foxx is like, I have this power, don't make me use it, and he's been teasing it throughout this whole movie, and then he's like, alright, you made me mad, I'm gonna use it now, and then he does, and then it's just like, 
okay, so that's going to fix all of our problems? Like, all right, that's fine. That's fine. That's okay. This is what Captain so, Marvel did. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> true. <laughs> but Captain Marvel was more like, I think it was more fun. Like, it, for me, it was like a callback to, like, things I, I would see in the 90s. Like, oh, look, there's Blockbuster. I think maybe yeah. I was too amazed by that that I I didn't really, it, like, I glossed over the storyline. <laughs> I was right. in more, I was in, like, epic nostalgia mode. <laughs> Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with like these, with this movie, I totally agree with you guys. Uh, it was like it echoes. It, it's almost like Bright in this movie could be in the same universe. Hmm. And and it's like you know with Bright, you had basically you know there was the whole through line in this movie was kind of race, but instead of you know white versus black, you have you know humans versus creatures like fantasy creatures. And there was an underlining through line of, of race in there. And this one, it's in this in Project Power, is like kind of like, you know, dealing with the streets and how people abuse drugs. And like, you don't you want people to like get you want drugs off the street, but then people are using it to their advantage as well. But mm-hmm. it's almost like, oh, we can use it for good, but we can't use it for bad. And then you have underground dirty cops and, you know, all this stuff. And they didn't really kind of go into like, you know, there was like a secret service of sorts, but we didn't really dive into that. Um, but I didn't think the film needed it. I think honestly, for me, uh, Dominique Fishback was like a great introductory character to this world. You can tell that she was dealing the drug because she needed money. So like, and money for her, her, for her mother who needed, you know, to, to hit the medical bills. Mm -hmm. So like, there's like, what you're doing isn't right, but I understand your motive and you're still a good person. So we're going to let it slide. Right. And then you and then and it's kind of the same thing with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like you're trying to do the right thing, but you're also trying to level the playing field. But you taking the pill is also wrong. But it's okay because you're doing it for the right reasons? Question mark. Yeah. So, well, you yeah. know, movies like that, like it's it's good when you put characters in moral dilemmas because then it causes us to ask the question, kind of like we did before, like. You know, oh, what I man, if I was in that situation, would I do that? Like, right. like you don't question when they're when it's very like when it walks that line, you don't. I feel like you don't question their motives as much because you almost you empathize with them. Like, oh, I don't know, man, she's in a really tough spot. Like how, mm-hmm. like how is she supposed to take care of her mom? Like that right. seems like the only way out in the community that she's in. Like, yeah. this, that might have been her only option at that point. We don't know. Yeah. That's very yeah. true. And also, I think they were like pumping out, like, again, doing <laughs> a movie math. It's $500 for each <laughs> drug. <laughs> so, like, that, there we, get, here you know, we are again. <laughs> here we are again. I'm telling you, it's like they, she's getting a lot of money. It's to funny. I didn't her. remember how much it costs at all, even. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, a briefcase is about 17000 uh... <laughs> Based off like, weight I'm... distribution, how many pills are in there? <laughs> Also, they are pills, though. So, like, what do they make the capsule out of? And do they have to have, like, refrigeration trucks, technically? Is that a whole... That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> we we, we got to get into the science of this whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, they, definitely set, they definitely set up a universe. They, they more or less, they've already, they, you know, they set up for a second one. It's like, this is just the beginning. And maybe, hopefully, Jamie Foxx, not that I don't love Jamie Foxx, but it would be nice for him not to come back, to just be echoed in the universe. We could either get another another new story, or maybe even Dominique Fishback to come back. Oh, sorry, that's right. my Alexa. <laughs> Hello, Alexa. Hello. Yeah, I, uh, uh, what you were saying, Ernesto, about just like the 
the you know you see her choice you're like oh i know it's bad but like what else is she gonna do you know you're kind of on her side even though she's she's like kind of doing something wrong technically and then you see joseph gordon levitt is like this anti-hero i I wrote down the uh when when him and um when him and the girl first met it was he said i'm just trying to level the playing field right like and that was like kind of this like oh okay like you know what there's another one of those you can put yourself into the movie of like what would i do in that situation you know like if you have the power to he's not doing anything bad like of course he probably has some sort of like desire to feel bulletproof like who wouldn't want like i want to i want to feel that again but he's literally going and putting his life on the line to feed to defeat the bad guys like so he's doing something wrong by participating in it but uh yeah it's it's that typical like anti-hero you know sort of character not 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 anti-hero. I guess uh, uh, maybe vigilante is the word I'm looking for. Probably. There you go. Yeah. yeah, totally fits the aesthetic of Robin, by the way. Um, it's, <laughs> but it it's There's funny because it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it's funny with 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 Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he even made a good line saying that you know when he was doing that first, like he was chasing down that guy that was basically like a chameleon and he was like invisible and running yeah. butt ass naked throughout that the city. Great, that was a great yeah. scene. That was. That was. <laughs> And like at the at, at the very end, like the guy just goes up and shoots him in the head. And then like his like he told his commander, and he was like, you know, did you take the pill? And he's like, yes. And he's like, all right, gun and badge, you're you're off. And he's like, but I would have died if I didn't take this. Like, th- is this what you want? You want people on your force just being dead? Did I cause any harm? No. Right. So like, why am I being punished for that? And so that again, those moral lines where like he's not wrong. But should he have even taken the drug? I we don't know. Right now he's using right. it for good. I guess with anybody in any superhero movie, it's all about how you use that power instead of having the power itself. That's so true. Which is which is really interesting. It's an that's an interesting point you bring up, especially given the the the, the captain's like position in the universe, seeing as how he was actually working for the bad guys. It's like like you could really tell he's hate he hates what he has to do and maybe that's why he was fighting with them like you see in the first scene when they first roll up on the um, invisible guy in the bank like he's right. fighting with them with their involvement so it's like he hates another one of those like he hates the position that he's being put into but he feels like he has his hands his hands are tied he can't do anything right that, that's totally a good point um kind of going to or uh, um Joseph Lovett's character in this movie. I thought he was great. Like he did a yeah. phenomenal job in this role. One of the highlights of this movie for me was when he was trying to go and help out Dominic Fish, Fishback's mother. And he like yeah. sneaks into the bathroom window and he knows like the secret service people are right. like interrogating her. And then he just strips down butt naked, puts some water all over him, puts a towel over him. And he's like, honey, are these people bothering you? Who the hell are you guys? Can I see a badge? Right. And then and then he's like, I know your daughter. And then she kind of instantly rolled with it. Like, honey, get yeah. my camera. She's like, I got it. I got you. I got the phone. Yeah. I got the close Start recording. I yeah. died laughing. That's That was so funny. And it's like like that type of like. I feel like, you know, not a lot of people can pull that off. It's just like mm-hmm. instantly on a dime where he's like this hardcore, like, you know, this, I guess, I guess in this point, he's like, de- he's like doing some detective work and like kind of bleeding that line of like, I'm a good guy, bad guy, like good cop, bad cop situation. Um, but he's, he's, it's almost like he's going, he's, he's, uh, he's a man with his own rules. He's right. like, he's doing things that are not conventional, but he's getting the job done. Kind of similar to Batman. Yeah. And, yeah. um, 
And he just like that quick level of thinking. He's like, all right, well, if I just strip down naked, put a towel on, then the, uh, very convincingly yeah. that I'm going to be this person's like. And then he instantly threw the race card in there. He's like, oh, are you surprised that I'm with an, a, a very beautiful black woman? And it's just it was I just thought it was really like, you know, it, it's hit a lot of points there. And I just thought it was like a very well orchestrated scene that got the message across very yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah I, they I almost got <laughs> they no, did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, he uh yeah i feel like he he played that character he kind of had like little versions of that same sort of having to be that guy like just go kind of like be that authority and go convince these people that you are who they think you are or whatever you right. know like kind of trying to trick them I, it reminds me of in, in in the production world i feel like a lot of times i'll find myself walking through like the back room or the kitchen at a Hyatt or something. And I don't get questioned because I'm wearing a shirt and tie and I have a name tag. It's kind of this like confidence, like as long as you think you know exactly what you're doing, you're going to control, people aren't going to question you. So he just rolls right. in there and he's this is exactly what's going on. Like, I'm not even going to let you have the, the sentence to say or question me. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep like, no, no, hey, honey, yeah, how, how are you? Like, I was just in the shower. What are you guys doing here? You know, don't even yeah. give them that power. Yeah. He does that character very well, and then uh, when he does the the Clint Eastwood thing, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, he played uh, that I, well. I I think the there was a good balance, and again, uh, compliments to the writer. Uh, and like there was just a good balance of like character arcs, humor, and action, yep. and Perfect. and it. A perfect blend of it like you didn't really question anything you understood you understood everybody's everyone's motive you know jamie fox he was just in it to find his daughter that was a very clear line what he was i didn't realize this i had to actually look up the bio he was an ex-soldier i don't think they explained that very well they did a little bit because he was yeah. remember he was because he was the original one who took the pill and that's why they took his daughter because through his through his dna that he passed to his wife that his daughter was born with powers without having to take the pill or mm. in, in it lasting longer than five minutes. Mm. And I like how the, I like how they threw that information into the story when, um, when Dominique Fishback, um, Robin, I guess is her character when she was in school, that's what the teacher was teaching about. He was teaching right. about, he was teaching about, um, fetal alcohol syndrome and then that's how she related what happened to his daughter to him it's like oh it's like oh it was fetal alcohol syndrome that's why your daughter can has the effects she can feel the effects even though she has never taken the pill right interesting yeah i guess i I didn't even catch on to that as much as i am right now as you're as you're bringing it back up um i i think this good movie this movie has a good read uh repeat hold up repeatability that makes sense you can go back and rewatch it again because i feel like you can like you probably pick up on a few things you will you know just be thoroughly entertained with the action yeah uh and then also with the action i loved 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 the ice chamber fight scene dude i have that written down i was hoping from her point of view oh my god i completely forgot uh, about that yeah from inside the whole fight is from the inside like that scene was beautifully shot i love the way that scene was shot yeah yeah uh jake what were you gonna say about it um, I mean, just from like a, um, a sound engineering, like the like w- when they flip, I, I can't remember exactly like if they would flip from the outside of like you can see what's going on outside the chamber, like the sounds would be just like, OK, you're in the fight. And then they go back in from you're you're seeing it from like the girl who's kind of suffering inside the chamber and you're just seeing like Jamie Foxx beat ass out there. But it's muffled. You know, it's like it would sound as if the person who's filming it was in that 
that uh that chamber you know I, just, right. I thought it was really well done it was it, it kept that whole fight scene kept my attention and uh it's cool that it kept my attention when it's really wasn't as much about the fights like it wasn't about the punching and the kicking and the actual like hitting you know the the action parts that we think we want it was so much more about like the perspective of that girl seeing the fight from inside the chamber yeah, it was right. nice that scene. And Watching also, her slowly suffer and die while it was happening. Right, yeah. Oh, you're hearing her kind of like slowly oh. blink her out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because yeah, you're exactly right. She was suffering. And it, it's almost like it, it, I feel it bad for saying this, but it was almost like, hey, I'm sorry, lady, can you move aside just a little bit? I, I want to see the action. Kind of like what, what's going, what Jamie Foxx is doing. But like, Don't again, glass, you're fogging up the fight. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put your hand on the glass. You're fogging it up. We're trying to see. <laughs> I know you're dying, but yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> you're already dead, basically. Just get you out of over there. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like what? Like that's such an interesting perspective to put in that movie. And like, as someone's slowly dying, you have somebody else just beating ass, uh, and it's like, or just kicking ass, and it's like, why, why, why do that? Why take the focus away from the fight? Um, if it just wasn't for just a different. Uh, viewpoint perspective an interesting idea that you can go through and i believe it was also a one shot when as soon as we got into the chamber yeah, so there was I have a to rewatch it yeah, yeah, so it was. I, yeah. but like you're, you're following like her emotions and then like outside of it you jamie fox not only does he need to be in frame but he needs to be expertly uh core like he needs to be executing these choreograph fights like perfectly to make sure that you are seeing her the the effects and then as well as what he's doing outside of the of this little ice chamber thing so production value wise they they were on their stuff like they knew to hit their mark perfectly all those actors did really well and there's also you know a point of what uh, speaking of the ice chamber sequence well i'm sorry let me go back for a second the villains of the movie like pretty much you can tell that they were not important. Like I couldn't tell you the name of the bad guy was, I didn't even know exactly who was in charge of this operation, but it's a movie that it didn't matter who was, who was like orchestrating the bad stuff because I felt like all of the super powers that you were seeing throughout the movie is your world of like how bad this can be and what dark effects it has on people. Because they even said like side effects may vary or like if, if you could take the pill and then you instantly explode and you're yeah, dead. Yeah, one guy. Like that one guy in that one scene, that, in that scene, exactly. Yeah. The guy with the mask took it and exploded. <laughs> exactly. And like, why would anyone want to take that risk? To even pop it in your mouth in the first place. Like that's, that's a, that's a real risk. You can like, well, you can either have superpowers for five minutes or die. So you yeah, I don't know if five minutes would be worth it. Like even if you had the best superpowers <laughs> ever, like even if you're like, all right, I can fly around, you fly around for five minutes, and you're like, well, that was I mean, it probably, I'm sure it'd be fantastic, but the risk of exploding just seems severe. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, can you I, imagine like if you're not paying attention to the flight? Like, say if you're flying and five minutes goes by and like, oh, I'm still in the air. And then you just go start <laughs> falling. You free fall. You got your five minutes, you didn't explode, you're like, This is so wonderful, but you yeah. didn't watch your time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, did you guys did you guys uh i mean this is kind of a a thing that i'm noticing more and more in in just a lot of movies i feel like deadpool rips open the door for how much gore is appropriate to show in movies like a couple years ago it seemed like i I mean maybe i'm wrong and i didn't see it you guys probably have a better lens on this but it seemed like before deadpool deadpool was so gory 
um it but just in like this normal gory sort of way like of just we're not gonna hide this from you we're just gonna show everything and it seemed like after that the the following years like movies just got more and more okay with showing just all of it like the explosion of like from head to toe like they don't cut away from that scene they make they make sure you see those guts guts get on people's faces like i know that that's always been a thing but it seemed like deadpool for some reason really ripped the door open for movies to like do this more I would that's I would say I guess it normalized it a little bit more. Yeah, I can yeah. I can agree with that. Like I mean, showing gore in a comical way really kind of just lightens the mood a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. you have teenagers and young kids who like really love Deadpool, and you know I guess right. that so then that knocks it from that R to that PG thirteen for you know for some of these for some of these movies to try to gain more interest for a younger audience. At least that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with that because. You know, when there's not a lot of situations where you see gore and comedy in the same movie, like you either associate gore and, you know, all that stuff with the horror franchise. And some people don't even go to see movies because it has that level of gore and intensity. But then you have a movie like Deadpool and you're like, oh, I love Deadpool. And it's like, oh, my God, it's so gory. But that's okay. He's Deadpool. You're not so hung up on it. Exactly. It's like it's. It just kind of like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. It's like, oh, this is happening. And so, like, with this movie, it, again, I wouldn't say that I got Deadpool vibes, but there was enough comedy in there that the the gore was, like, secondary. It's like they weren't – and they didn't really, like, hinder on that moment. Like, it happened. Right. Let's move on. Yeah, the gore wasn't – like, it, it wasn't – it doesn't stop you and you're not like, oh, this movie is fucked up. It wasn't like that at all. It was it – right. it seemed like it was uh, – just a thing that happens like that guy got exploded. So of course you saw some guts move on. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Um, yeah, people are I'll... safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I also loved how many different variations of powers we, we, we got in this movie. Like it wasn't like people were repeating the same thing or like, it's not like the movie kind of limited itself to either like, well, you, you either can, you know, kind of throwing in, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. You can either have water powers, fire powers, earth bending powers, or air, and those are your four choices. No, it's like we don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah. So we're we're just gonna so many you know different variations. So exactly, and you know thinking about that and kind of going under a Batman lens, can you imagine you know that writer dealing with the Rose Gallery of of Batman supervillains? Like you know if if you can see him control and write all these different powers and like describe what these are doing and what they're doing with all these different situations. Only imagine how he's going to treat the Superman or Superman, the super, uh, the Batman uh, villains in that scenario. And so I think that that was something that I kind of uh, gravitated toward because there's also a level of like, as soon as he, you put the, as soon as they take the pill, you don't know what they're going to get. So it's almost like an excitement mm-hmm. when you're watching it's like, Ooh, what, what, what next superpower he's going to come up with? What, yeah. what, what do you got going on here? <laughs> Do you notice how much you love really any movie like this where someone is about to get any sort of power? You're just on the edge of your seat. Like X-Men, Marvel, like you're just yes. like, I get to see a superpower. What's it going to be? <laughs> so exciting. I get to see some amazing stuff. I yeah. want you to fly. I want you to be... 
Also, I think the craziest one, which I wasn't expecting, was like there was like this our main ish villain that we were kind of following toward the beginning, and he was about to die under the hands of Joseph Gordon Levitt and Jamie Foxx, like right after the ice chamber scene. Oh, yeah. And then he takes the pill, and all of a sudden he just starts growing into like this right. this monster, and his arm was like all buffed out, and and but one arm was all skinny, and then like he just kept growing, like what the fuck is going on with that guy? But I was all about. It. Yeah, <laughs> like so, a messed up page. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like they actually did that scene pretty dang well, if you think about it. I, I guess uh, just seeing how far we've come, you guys remember the Scooby Doo movie when like Scrappy Doo turns into the big, like, did you guys ever see that Scrappy Doo, yes. the little yeah. dog turns into this big old in the the CGI and all that was just like so cartoonish, you know? Right. But then you know you see the Hulk, like when the Hulk transforms, uh, and they did that so well, and then you see how well they did it with this character in in this movie like the it's easy to mess up and make it look like cheesy and kind of break the illusion of like the this is actually happening to humans in real life sort of vibe you get but i think they did a really good job when that when that villain grew up and turned into like you know the evil sort of hulk size monster and ripped shit up like that's probably a lot of of after effects work and a lot of post-production and that but they did a really good job i liked it they did i agree and also and then also the way that, again, one of those situations where, like, oh, damn, they're going to be spending some time with this guy. And then Jamie Foxx is like, just open up all the gas canisters, blow it up, let's go, move on, move it on, move it yeah. on with the movie. Quick <laughs> He's going to die. <laughs> just blow up. Yeah. He's going to die. <laughs> Love it. And then all of a sudden you just see, like, his big hand just flop down by the car. Um, but, I mean, all in all, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I think uh, I, I had a really fun time watching this for many different reasons and so i don't want to say that this i mean i mean yeah i'll say i think this is like one of the better netflix movies i've seen in a while oh yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this movie i agree i'm with you all right any last words before we move on what one last one last thing i wanted to say i thought that it was interesting and it always makes you think about like what do they do in real life? Uh, because at the end, there's basically this radio show host. You can hear his his um, sample, like like you're kind of hearing, turning on the radio. It's like, there was yeah. an explosion and so-and-so, uh, and police say there's no leads, and basically kind of like the story that you hear on the news versus, of course, you're not going to say like a giant drug drug deal, and there was a bunch <laughs> yeah. of uh, people taking these. Like, it's just kind of interesting. It, it, it makes me contemplate like when we hear our news stories, like, oh, unheard of explosion. Like, not that I yes. think that there's Marvel superheroes <laughs> fighting when there's every explosion, but yeah. like, what's going on there? Who's <laughs> giving that info? Who was really fighting in there? <laughs> uh, well, actually, I do have one more thing. Ernesto, you mentioned earlier, like, you kind of hope Jamie Foxx doesn't come back if, if they were going to make a sequel. Um, there was actually a line in the movie where Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like, do you really think it's over? And he's telling this to Jamie Foxx. And Jamie Foxx goes, it is for me. So I was, <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, uh, for me, that was the movie ways of saying like Jamie Foxx might be done with this character because technically his story is wrapped up. He got his daughter. That was the end result of the movie. So I can and I can easily see them making a sequel without him in it and then focusing on Dominique Fishback and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and maybe somebody else to fill in the third slot. Mm-hmm. But like. I mean, not to say that this this movie was great with him, but I can easily see them doing a sequel without him, and it would be just as good. I think so too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's. I feel like there's so much in that universe that you literally could put all new characters in there and just instead of focusing on the main issues of the universe, like start telling small character stories within the universe, like echoes within the universe. Right. Like you like, could literally you know, go so many different ways. Like I feel like the concept is so interesting that you can go so many different ways. Oh, I, I agree. And they even made a good point, like and throughout the movie, they were saying like we were kind of like they're kind of like franchising this drug. So like we kind of focus on the city of New Orleans. But they, he also mentioned that this drug was kind of being distributed throughout other parts of the country. So they could easily just move this to a different country yeah. and be like, this is where this movie is going to be taking place. So instead of like New Orleans, we're going to California and this is where this movie takes place. And we're following a different group of characters. But this, the, the same premise is somewhat still there. Well, the South American drug dealer, she stole it. Like, she took it. So there's oh, already right. – they've already branched off that arc. You can go a whole series in South – like, you can do, like, a South American revolution. Like, somebody steals it and right. they bring the country – like, you could go so – there's so many different avenues yeah. you can go with this. Yeah, and, <laughs> so and people potential. with – with people with different like evolutionary like ev- evolutionary genes and stuff, you know, because that's how it was exactly. activated. So you have a whole different new superhero like or, or new superpowers basically. Like they don't even have to bring up all the old superpowers because, like I was just saying, as as a viewer, we're like a new superpower. Let's see what it is. Like yeah, someone, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's gonna be. So yeah, I feel like they did definitely leave it open for for a new universe. Even the next. Oh yeah. Even the whole next generation, there's the whole arc of the fact that your offspring, you could have offspring that could have powers and you don't even need to take the pill. Like there's Mm -hmm. that whole issue that we're going to that 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 universe has to deal with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So needless to say, we are excited for potentially a sequel yeah. in the works. And if they, Most if definitely. we hear in the like, if we hear news next week, it's like this movie did so well, they're coming out with the sequel. Would not surprise any of us. Definitely <laughs> not. Um, all right, so that's our spoiler review for Project Power. I think we're all in agreement to go watch that movie on Netflix. It was great. Um, but now we're gonna talk to you, Jake, um, yeah. of how <laughs> uh, we're gonna interrogate you. Um, no, we're going to ask you, you know, you know, you're a special guest. You I feel like, you know, you, you we, there's a lot we want to ask you. There's a lot of questions that we have. And I feel like you're very uh, versatile on what you do. So, Ernesto, I'm not sure where you want to start uh, on this or where, where do you want to start with uh, with this, Ernesto? I will just go right into your show, like Junkyard okay. Love Podcast. I think it's really, really great. I love the way that it's done. Um, it's very just very open it seems very like stream of consciousness like you guys just turn on the mic and it's kind of just very much like a very similar to the joe rogan experience like mm-hmm. um kind of where kind of the echoes i got from it so i guess this is where i kind of where i'm at with this you know how what, what is your journey with the junkyard love podcast we'll start there <laughs> yeah um yeah cool well so yeah, I, I think you're right there when you say like stream, stream of consciousness. It's kind of like what I want it to be. I don't want to, as a host, I never want to try to present myself as someone who knows everything or someone who right. really is like, I'm not a professional. I'm just a DJ. And yeah, I'm talking about mental health stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about like real human thoughts and real human feelings, you know, but I'm, I'm not I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm not any of those things. So I uh, I always really liked, if you guys have heard of, ever heard of Jordan Peterson, um, oh. he... Fan of Jordan yes. Peterson, so I, I love Jordan I Peterson. Actually, I've, read both, I've read both of his books and I listen to his podcast every week. <laughs> oh my man! So you know how to say so. I'm so excited. Yeah. So um, 
and, and I'll back up and tell you how I got into Jordan Peterson because it's actually relevant here. But um, just real quick, I really always enjoyed how, you know, you watch these lectures with Jordan Peterson um, or even on podcasts where he basically has this years and years and years of knowledge. He just studies and then he gets to these places where like he doesn't know what the questions are going to be. He is almost at the edge of his his knowledge but he's thinking out loud so it's not that he's coming here to present these exactly remembered things he's basically thinking in real time um yes. and he is in in their solving problems and they're like helping each other kind of like unwrap things and so i always love that and um and so and i'll back up so i do like the the joe rogan like the the casualness of it like let's just see where the conversation leads us um i try to lead us into sort of like mindful or like just kind of consciousness uh mental health thoughts just because that's like what i'm interested in a lot and i think there's a lot of value to like you know uh, uh i'm trying to think of an elegant way to describe I'm, like milking I'm a cow uh <laughs> you know uh <laughs> just ruined it yeah, I, I got you. Well, I, th I know what you meant. Yeah. The the elegance of milking a cow is very similar to my podcast. Yes. Just, <laughs> trying, know, to, just exactly. trying to work just trying to work it out. Yeah, trying to milk <laughs> that cow. Um but so so the the podcast journey started for me. I actually um I I went through like a a good 6 years or so of like pretty bad depression that I like couldn't I didn't really have any way to contend with. I didn't know, like, I didn't understand it in my own mind. I didn't have, I'm not someone who, like, was good at asking asking for help. And so I was basically just, like, suffering severely alone. Like, I would, I mean, it, it would be a normal, I would go Friday or Saturday, go do my gig, and then I'd come home, and it's, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I, you know, pretty much just, like, fall on the ground and cry and, like, not understand my mind. Like, I was just going through it pretty bad, and I couldn't couldn't find a way to ask for help. Um, I, I didn't know how to handle any things that any of the craziest things that my mind was doing to me. Um, and so I ended up kind of having, if you could see the wall behind me, um, I, this basement was kind of undone a few years back. Um, and I would just, I would mix down here, I would DJ down here and stuff. Um, but other than that, it was just kind of like some friends would come over and we'd kick it. It wasn't such like a, like a spiritual sort of like place for me. So eventually, basically I was doing not so good on the depression scale of things. Um, and I had these, these kind of like a series of, of moments where I would more or less sit down in front of this wall down here and say like, what the hell is going on in my mind and how do I solve this? Because I was at the edge of, um, I was, if you guys have heard of like the 27 club, um, where like a lot of artists like take their life, um, before they turn 28, it's like this weird, like Kurt Cobain, um, took his life. So I, I kind of had that like in my head and I actually wasn't entirely sure that I was going to make it to 28. Um, and I started kind of just listening to shit, like listening to podcasts, um, listening to different lectures, Jordan Peterson, listening to motivational videos, like reading audiobooks. I started pretty much just like stop, stop doing everything that I was doing and just started feeding in info, just podcast, podcast clips from junk or, um, uh, Joe Rogan, um, clips from all sorts of different ty types of teachers. And I took a pen and I started just kind of writing it on the wall. Like things would, things would spark me, you know, knowledge is power or, um, believe in yourself, you know, just anything that, that anybody said I would, th that inspired me and made me kind of like, okay, am I doing that? Like, what's my thought process about this? Start writing it down. I ended up, um, kind of like feeling a little bit better. And I started kind of making this my regular thing. Like, so pretty much like 16 hours a day, I would like listen to podcasts and I would listen to lectures and I would listen to audiobooks and I would read books and I would just insert like emotional knowledge about like the human psyche. Um, 
and started writing more, started blah, blah, blah. And then finally I, I got this like, I'm like, dude, I know so many people who are suffering in levels just like I was. And I start like really thinking about all, you know, the whole DJ world, the whole musician world, all creators. Like we don't understand a lot of what our minds are like doing to us. Um, so eventually I was I got to a point where I was like, I got to help people. Like I have to help people pull themselves out of where I just was for a few years um, because I almost lost my life because of it. You know, my just my misunderstanding of my own mental health. And so um, I just kind of got that I have like pretty much most of the equipment. And I was like, dude, I could do a fucking podcast. I could do that. And uh, I kind of started following my intuition, you know, wh whatever that sentence means. And uh, just started like hitting up people that I know, hitting up artists, hitting up, um, you know, people who work out, life coaches. Uh, I just like kind of know a lot of people in different aspects. Um, and so we kind of just started talking and framing the conversations towards like, more personal than a lot of podcasts get like people will come on and talk about like their like traumatic experiences as a child and how you know as a 25 to a 28 year old whoever they are now how they've healed from it and how they see it differently so i guess overall i got on the podcast i started it with my own mental health journey and now it's kind of like the guests and the listeners are still on this mental health journey with me like i'm always just trying to mine any of my guests for like what's one thing that you can say that like might just hit somebody because i had so many times where i was down here the things would just be one sentence that joe or one of his guests would say would just be profound and i'm like dude yes. some of those sentences could literally save people's lives you know so yeah. um yeah and, and and i started it it's been less than a year i've got uh just posted my 52nd episode a couple of days ago i have a bunch more in, in the bag um wow I kept it going wow. through covid it's been kind of weird through covid of course like i've I didn't do as many in-person interviews as I had wanted, but, um, yeah. So I guess that, yeah, that's how I started the junkyard love podcast kind of through my own healing journey. And now my guests are with me. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, I get that a lot with when I create something, you know, I don't like, I don't like anything I really have ever made. Um, I feel it cause I feel like I can, Oh, like, man, I could have done better. Like I, like I should, like this was this way, but I should have prepared better. I could have been better. It's just, it, keeps me going to make me want to do better for the next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like this, this edge that as a creator, I feel like you're always at, like you almost have to think that all of your shit is shit so you can keep getting better, but it's yeah, kind yeah. of hard to like, you know, it's, it's, it's insulting to yourself too. Like it's, it's, you almost have to be your own like life coach, like your own encourager of like, it's okay that that's not what you want it to be. It's just because you care so much. It's just because you want to improve and you know that you're worthy of improving and all those things. But it's, we get really caught in that divot of just like, it's not good enough right now. And that's all you are. It's not good enough. You know? Yeah. Right. And, you know, and, and I guess, you know, what we can all try to do and like, and like we've been, you know, you've been doing your podcast for a long time. We were doing ours and like, we were talking about this before the show started. It's like, you just want to be better every time, every, every episode you just want to learn from your experience and then how can we make this better? I know like Ernesto and I, we have a rundown and our rundown were just random word documents that we just put random words on pages and like, all right, we're just going to follow this outline here. Yeah. But now we have like this well orchestrated like show recap with dates, guests, film, timestamps, interview questions. Like we have it all locked down yeah. and well organized. And, you know, that it just takes time to get to that point. And, you know, so like, I guess, you know, for, for you, how do you prepare for like, cause you are dealing with heavy material 
I believe, and you know, conversations that a lot of people are not used to having. So how mm-hmm. how how do you mentally prepare to get yourself in these conversations? And I guess for your show um, in general. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, you know, I, I kind of I really try to get my mind right. Like again, I try not to that imposter syndrome we were talking about. Um, I try not to like amp myself up too much and be like, okay, you're the best person for this, and you're fucking Ellen DeGeneres and this person is, you know, I, I I try to like get my mind right to where I'm just like ready to listen to where I'm ready to like not respond in a reactionary state. Um, so I, I really try it. Like I obviously take notes and stuff before the guest is coming over. Um, but a lot of times I don't know, know exactly what's going to happen. Like I don't know exactly like what people are going to tell me. I had, I had a one, in my first 15 episodes, I had one friend who I hadn't seen. Um, we went to high school together and I hadn't talked to her for years. And I had no idea that she had this like crazy life. She was like, had like this situation with drugs and she was like homeless and like there was like rape stuff. And, and I was like, whoa, like it just, it just, it got heavy quick, but it was listening back. I was like, you know, you did a good job. You held a good space for, for that person. And like, it, taking myself out of when I was listening back, taking myself out of like being the host or even the guest spot of just anybody who's gone through similar things like that, listening back to her bravely sharing her story and how she's doing well now is just like chilling. Like it's just, so I don't know, I guess preparing is kind of difficult. Um, a lot of times I will, I will, if I know some of their history, um, I'll, I'll ask them like, is this something that you want to talk about? Like if I have someone who I know that's like, um, they're sober from alcohol or something for example like if, if i'm like hey is that something you're interested in talking about do you want to do you want to leave it out um and i also before anything starts i tell the guests it's not live so anytime if you feel like you overshared if it's like feels uncomfortable if you cry and you're not really like cool with that being out on a platform totally get it we'll delete it we could do it again later it doesn't matter um so i guess i guess as a host i just really try to get my mind right so i'm not in like a reactionary state to where i'm like really able to um, hold a good place for them to be so comfortable. And that's, you know, having them here in person is really important to me um, when I can, because this whole room is, I want it to be a vibe. Like I work with musicians, musicians come over. It's really a pat on the back to me when the first thing they say is like, oh, this feels good in here. This is comfortable. This is that vibe. So um, for lack of a better term, I guess I really try to just set up the vibe to be as comfortable as I can for anything to happen. What, what do you feel like that you've, you know, since you said you're 52 episodes deep with more on the way, what do you think you've learned the most as after starting this? Like, obviously, you know, from from episode one to episode 52, you know, I bet there's, you know, a large, you know, how to either construct a conversation or, um, you know, maybe some things you didn't realize about yourself that, right. you know, moving forward, this is a better for not only for the show, but just for my mental health. And, you know, so what, like what, what were the things that you probably got the most out of since you started this show? Yeah, dude, I feel like I got so much. I, I, again, it's hard to like not have that, like judging yourself and insulting yourself when you're listening back. But a lot of times I'm listening back to myself. I'm like, dude, you're exaggerating that point. Like I would, <laughs> I wouldn't even realize in the moment that I was exaggerating, but I'd listen back and be like, I mean, it happened like that, but you're kind of making it dramatic or, right. um, or, um, just you know hearing the way that you talk and you're like is that how i want to structure my sentences or even even hearing yourself say like too many times that's always kind of rough um 
but I, you know, I, I also learned to trust myself in a lot of ways. You know, I, I, I had those many years of kind of like having my own thoughts and not understanding them. And I, they really created like a distrust of my thoughts in my own mind, which kind of sounds manic and it is, but like this, when you listen to yourself back and, um, and then you also get like good feedback and then the guest texts you afterwards and, and they're like, dude, that was so great. Thank you for that. Like it reassures you because, because always at the edge, like before a guest comes over, I'm, I have this, like, what am I doing? Like, why are they talking to me? Like, why do I think that I'm good enough to, you know, talk about these intricate uh, personal subjects, you know, like, um, it's, it's, it's cool though, because you know, w when you challenge yourself, like when you, when you're always kind of at your edge, like there's that imposter syndrome that always pops up. There's that. I don't think that I'm good enough for this, but when you just show up and you do it every day, like I've had days where I wake up and, um, you know, like biological sabotage, I'm just like nervous about this thing. So I'm just got the nervous poops. I've got the, I'm like, Oh, I think I feel a headache coming on. Like there's parts of you that's like, maybe you should just cancel this and wait till you're feeling better. And I like, don't let myself do anything like that. I'm like, no, no, this thing is important to me. It's important to other people. Now. Um, I treat it as, it's, it's my own thing and I do it really my own way, but it's definitely a job. And I think that there's a lot yes, of power yeah. in like treating it like a job, you know, in, in realizing that like, you know, yeah, it's like a fun, a lot of times it's literally just fun conversation of like, I'll, it's literally me BSing, getting a little personal a lot of times, BSing with my friend, having a beer sometimes, having a coffee sometimes. We smoke weed right. on podcasts sometimes. Like it's, it's cool, but it's also, um, yeah, I don't know, like, like, like treating it as work and taking it serious, even kind of as an unserious thing and uh, sticking to my guns and always trying to challenge my own beliefs. Like, and, and you asked at the beginning what, what I've learned, um, even just not outside of myself, I learned so much about myself every episode, I think, but I also, you just really like vilify the, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but you learn how different everybody's perspective is but we all yeah. kind of want the same thing. Like, it's like, it sounds so corny and obvious, but at the core of everything, everybody just wants to be loved, you know, like everybody just yeah. wants to be accepted. And we all have like such intricate, like, you know, we've all have things that have happened to us. We all have things that we've done that we wish we didn't do. We all have these imperfections that we think are just a death sentence, you know, but when you can openly talk, talk with someone about it, you really just learn like, well, yeah, you're just a human doing this human thing, just like me. You have fears, you have human emotions, you have like all these things that we think like, I'm the worst person in the world for failing. You get to talk to people and you're like, oh yeah, you have your version of that every day, just like I do, you know? Right. And it's, it's just, it's very empowering. Um, and I feel like it's just, I, it's given me, I've always been like very empathetic and, and sympathetic, but it's given me like this this weird, I, I mean, I really, I don't see any enemies. It's, it's, I'm not like some enlightened being for sure. Like I'm still like sometimes <laughs> I'm grumpy and whatever, yeah. but I really just like walking around. It's because of the podcast and, and this whole journey that has taken me on. I walk around like I just see people for their whole life. Like, you know, you see a homeless person, you don't just see like, oh, he's a bum and he probably like, you know, ruined his own life and he probably got into drugs and he just wanted to party and he didn't like, I don't see that. I see like, this is a human being and they have like a whole they were a child once, you know, like yes, they have yeah. a whole life, they have parents and it's just this cool, man. It really just ripped a hole in my soul, like ripped open a hole in my soul in, in the best way. Um, and I, I discovered more about myself every episode. It's intricate. 
it's it's really interesting. Do you feel I can I kind of feel this way like the podcast has almost taken on a life of itself. Like it feels like you're just attending to this thing. But this thing is like you were just the person that was just supposed to set it up, but now it's already out in the universe and now you're yeah. the steward in charge of keeping it going. Right. Yeah, like other people are having conversations about my podcast when I'm not there. And yes. it's just like it's weird. Like it's weird, weird to think thing. about. Yeah. Yeah, in in a in its um it's, I, I don't know, it's, it, it's, it's, it sounds corny, I guess, but, but service, you know, like that, you, you hear that in like a lot of like religious type stuff or, or spiritual type stuff. Um, and it, it just feels like a service. Like I, I put it almost before myself in, in a way, cause right. I know that it's healing for myself. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a real journey. Yeah. And, and I, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, well, I was I saw I, you mentioned something on your Instagram relating to a recently on a Joe Rogan podcast. I guess you just got on to David Goggins. Did no, you I get it? Are you, are, did you uh, have you been channeling your your inner David Goggins? Because he's the one who got me into yeah. running. <laughs> oh, dude! I highly anybody who's never heard of David Goggins go look up his stuff right now. Uh, I I'm huge. I, I'm a runner too. I really like running. Um, I'll throw some David Goggins motivational videos in my headphones once in a while. Um, but I'm. <laughs> I'm definitely that person who like, like that little voice, like when you're running and you start to get tired and you just like, your body kind of feels like a sack of potatoes and you're kind of just like yes. sinking into your feet and your knees and you're trying like, you know, it's your sweat and whatever, like that voice that is like, no, you could do this. Like just try another mile or like straighten up and just run or sprint or whatever, like sharpening that voice. David Goggins has, yeah. David Goggins has helped me so much. That's the voice that that's the voice I have in my head now. Every time I get tired, it's like quit, 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 quit crying, bitch. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah, as Joe Rogan says, you gotta you gotta silence your inner bitch. It re- you know, and I've re- it's so true because I really feel like working out is like that. Like it really just call it pushes the demons pushes the demons down. Like yeah. just keeps the demons at bay. You have to really calm your inner bitch down because sometimes yeah. you just have to get up and do it. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's powerful. It's you know in in. And you were talking about how like it creates a life of its own. Like once the podcast is going, it's like it goes off in its own thing. And I've actually had a conversation with my friend Brandon um, intricately about this, like this concept of creating a third. And it's this thing that I have, and you guys probably have it too, that you just, you may not point it out, but um, as you have the podcast, it's the two of you talking a lot of the times, but you know that there's a third person, there's a listener. They're not live right now. But you're always like you guys are talking and you're bantering back and forth. And then sometimes you slip out of it and you're like addressing that third person. And uh, it's it's cool because when you create the third, you really start to like respect the third. You start to put it on this like pedestal and you start to remember at all times like, oh, let's help out the third. Let's help out this third person who's listening. But it's also kind of like the podcast itself lives there, too. And it And it really relates to a lot of mental health stuff because. Like when I was talking about, I was sitting here, you know, crisscross applesauce with a pen in my hand trying to figure out my crazy mental head. Um, I, I kind of had this like creating of a third situation where it's like I'm feeling super sad and I have this voice that's saying like you deserve to feel super sad. And like and this voice that's just listening to all like the bad thoughts. And all of a sudden I feel like I was able to through knowledge and like learning from all these great people who are giving lectures and podcast guests and whatever. I had this third created of like, no you're all right. Like this voice almost, you know, like we're talking yeah. about schizophrenia, not schizophrenic, yeah. <laughs> but like it's, it's almost like this empowering voice like that. Like I was saying, you know, that, 
that it can silence your inner bitch. You know, like the when you learn that you're in the seat of of the you're observing your thoughts, you aren't your thoughts, you know, Correct. and you can kind of when you create that third, he can kind of be someone who's always there for you. So it's like when you're crying on the ground and you're just waiting for someone to walk in the room and come give you a hug, it's like, no, give yourself a hug right there. Like light up that inner voice of like, no, come on, man, get up, get up off the ground, that sort of thing. And I feel like there's a lot of correlation in that when it comes to mental health, when you can be encouraging your own life coach to yourself in your own head. And then also when you're on a podcast, knowing that there's kind of this like third super positive um like you're always kind of fueling that that kind of third person that's that needs that advice that needs that encouragement so i'm encouraging myself as i'm talking but i'm also participating in that third kind of person as well mm -hmm. i know that's kind of confusing but it makes a lot of sense because like like you were saying you don't often you know recognize that there is a third element to the show and also just like you know, and Ernesto and you guys were saying, it's just like this show is having a mind of its own. We don't know where this particular conversation is going to end up, but we're having it right now. And we're kind of unknowingly forming it as we are discussing about it. There's mm -hmm. also a point where, I mean, at least, you know, there's an element that to this show is also on our Instagram page that is also taking a mind of its own. I didn't there was no way when we first started that I was going to be this much, you know, you know, you didn't think you were going to be this much involved into this particular product but you you take so much pride into it and like you want to see it flourish and you want to see it move on and you want to have these particular conversations and you want to have these discussions that you're like oh okay i didn't know this is what it needed but but this is what it needs this is what i feel like this is the next evolution and then like when you have people you know interacting with you especially on social media and then you're like oh i like this I participate in this and you're like, oh, so this is what this is what it needs. It needs more of this or it's when it's really weird when and Ernesto can attest to this. We have some people that's like, oh, I really like what you said on episode five. And I was like, oh, I'm glad you did, because I don't remember anything that I said. Yeah, I, don't what for I, real. I don't remember what I said. Yeah. <laughs> but but also thank you for listening. And also it's weird when somebody says so. Um, so I've, I just re I just recently listened to this and like you were saying about this, about that. I'm like, I, I was, like, I, did. I don't know that I think that I'm, yeah <laughs> that was past Matt. This is future. That, that, I don't yeah, know if I relate to that Matt anymore. But it's so true because like, you don't like, and it's, it's also nice to get that feedback where like, Oh, I didn't even know you were listening. I yeah, it, yeah. like, it's like, you I'm don't surprise anybody listens. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Like, the, like right, you, you don't typically see, you put faces to to you know the numbers you see when you were looking at the analytics or stuff like that. It's just all of a sudden like when you hear that feedback, it's like oh it's 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 almost like reassuring that oh yeah people are listening and people are appreciating what you had to say and uh -huh. people do come back every week and it's like you know we we are doing something here right. that some that people are responding to and if we just keep at it and it's more or less like consistency. And that, yeah. that was a big thing. Or, or Nesta, when we first started this podcast, I was like, we can do this once a month. And he's like, eh, may, maybe like once every two. You know what? Well, we, we can do this once a week. I'm like, once a week? He's like, yeah, That's we can do this lot. once a week. He's like, oh, are you sure? He's like, no, this is easy. And now, you know, we – no, I mean, without you thinking about it, I just – you know, we just reached today. This episode is episode, episode 40. 40. Yeah, yeah, so we – It's, 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 it's flying by. 
Exactly. And now it's almost like, oh, yeah, this is like a thing I do once a week. It's not I don't even think about it. I once you're thinking like, I don't even know how we could we have enough to talk about once a week, like once every two weeks, once a month, maybe. But now and then is even like we try to get guests on the show as much as we can. And sometimes we we don't even plan for certain people to come on this show. It just organically happened. Like Mm. there was one point where. You know, we were reaching the end of the month or midway month. He's like, oh, yeah. And then we were like, oh, this is the last guest we have for a while. We don't have anybody lined up. Literally the next day we have three people all of a sudden. Lined up for the month. How the hell did that happen? Isn't that funny how it happens? I I feel like that's happened with me, too. Like, it seems like with this whole podcast thing, the less I strangle it, the more it just falls into place. Like, the less I'm like, okay, I got to get this next guest. I got to get this new thing. I got to I'm going to search on Instagram. Who needs to be my next guest? Like, it's just like like tomorrow you might bump into someone you haven't seen in a while you might bump into someone like work with someone you're like dude you're an interesting guy you want to be on a podcast you know right, like, yeah <laughs> it's this cool thing being open to it i really think it's important that you kind of hit on it it's to you have to get out of your own way like kind of you mentioned it when um like you know thinking that you're sick and stuff like that it's like mm-hmm. push that out of the way you made a promise to yourself you have to hold yourself to your word and to the people who you promised yeah. that you would put this out yeah, yeah. It's, that's, it comes into that service thing where you're like, you know, those people who are listening who are like, dude, I loved on episode five, blah, blah. It's like, like they're spending two and a half, three hours of their own time to listen to you. Right. And it's like, dang, yeah. man, maybe I should like kind of know what I'm saying or at least like <laughs> be honest about it, you know. Put some effort into this. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, I, I think the greatest like reward that I, I feel like that I've gotten out of this so far is the people that we've got a chance to talk to that. Either one, I had no intentions of ever talking to again, not because I didn't like them. It just, you know, we were all going on different paths. Because they and, suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, especially for people, you know, and we've said this on the show before, we, Ernesto and I were involved with, you know, at a UCF. We were involved with uh, our own movie talk show called Beyond the Credits, and we we talked we uh, we did that show with a lot of people, and we were we were proud of it at that moment. And then you know we all graduated, we all went our separate ways, and now we're starting like all right, who can we come? Who can come on the show? Like we can reach out to so and so. I haven't spoken to that person in four years, and right, and then all of a sudden I reach out and they say yes without a, without thinking about it. They come yeah. on the show. It's like as if we we never left. Yeah. It's like it's it's the same conversation we were having back a couple years ago or people who are listening who I didn't even know that even knew about the show. And, you know, I had a good friend of ours reach out to me out of the blue. I have I literally haven't spoken to him in f- almost five years. And he comes out of the blue and he says, you know, what? hey, um, I just I just uh, started listening to your Ernesto show. It really brings me back to the days we were doing this. Um, keep up the good work. And I'm like, what? Love that. Love that. It came out of nowhere. And now, like, you know, actual we, feedback. <laughs> after, yeah. yeah, actual feedback. And now, you know, we're working with him to get him on the show ourselves uh, and just have that that conversation that I didn't think I was going to have again. And then it's almost like it feels like a catch up. Like, what have you been mm. doing, man? Like, what? like, you know, it's like I yeah. not to say that we didn't want to talk to each other in the first place, but our, our just our paths went in different directions. So it was really it was really it's really cool to get to talk to these people again that. I had a great time, you know, hanging out with them before. And it's kind of like a blast from the past even to just yeah. to have conversations with them. So, like, again, you just you just never know where this podcast or any show 
can take you on this journey. And as long as you're open to anything, anything is possible. This next tomorrow, this show can be something completely different that we didn't anticipate. Mm-hmm. So just you just never know. It's it's crazy. Yeah, dude, totally. I'm I'm with you. It's 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 this interesting like hole in the world. Like we we're talking about portals earlier. That's like our to a new reality, and it's <laughs> like. It really does open up these things that you never anticipated. And the the amount of growth, like just as a person that I feel with every episode in, in myself. Yes. Um, right. 100%. Yeah. Like Absolutely. you were saying like, oh, what you said back in episode five. And you're like, I don't know if I think that anymore. That's actually a true thing. Like, you, yeah. yeah, like I feel like we evolve so much. And also um, just pointing back to that part of like not talking to someone for a long time, not talking to someone for five or six years. And then it's like, you know that there's no beef, you know that there's no like yeah. whatever, but there's, you're like, I don't, I'm not just going to hit them up out of the blue. I'm not trying to get something from them. I want, you know, I respect their life. But then right. once you do, or they hit you up or you do have interactions with them, you remember like, oh yeah, it's all love. Like, oh right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a great conversation. Yeah. Like, I, I think, uh, I don't know if that's just a normal thing that happens in your latter twenties, early thirties or something where you, start realizing that all of your friendships weren't forever and you don't get to talk to everybody you love every single day and some friendships just grow and become fickle and whatever. But if you had a good relationship with someone and you run into them in any form later in life, most of the time, if you just say, Hey man, it's great to see you. They're going to say the same damn thing. You know? Right. Absolutely. Um, But I mean, again, I do we like I said, Ernesto and I have been listening to your show and I think what you're doing is great Um, for anyone listening and, and very interested and in we'd highly recommend you guys go do that go listen to jake so uh junkyard love uh podcast and i you guys will, will not be disappointed on that i believe you can find anywhere you can find podcasts is that correct yeah i, I put it on whatever i feel like you can just give a google search and it'll populate. <laughs> it'll be there, <laughs> it'll be it'll be there. there. I'll, I'll have a i'll have a junkyard love dot space um that'll be my website which i'll host i mean everything I'll, I'm put all my DJ and like poetry and like meditation and like podcasts and all that stuff will be on junkyardlove.space, but I'm still slowly working on it. Um, it's it's not quite live yet, but. Well, once you get it live, you'll have to give us a link so we can share it on our page. Ah, I would appreciate that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'll let you know. Uh, I, I do have one more question though, related to the podcast. Megan told me to ask you about your artwork that you put into the show. I, she told me there was a very interesting story behind it um the art like the logo or the artwork like the thumbnails for every episode the thumbnails for every episode oh um well yeah i guess i i i just i treat every episode like as an individual where i can um so like when i re-edit the episodes if you look back and you read any of the bios i really like to spend a lot of time on those i really so i actually like i'll listen back to the episode i'll get my cues right so like everybody's voice sounds good and i'll hit play and i'll like I'll just chill down here and like just take my notes because I really want to get a good uh, bio for it. And then towards the end of it, I'll go through my phone. I take photos all the time of like when I'm out like um, like on a hike or out on like a trail walk or just somewhere in my life where I see something that's like intricate or interesting. I'll take a photo and then um, I just kind of like save those in my phone and then try to apply whatever kind of goes with that guest or whatever um, thumbnail I can whatever photo i can edit and then put like the text over so i I don't know i guess i I just make an individual new fresh fresh minded um thumbnail for every episode okay Uh, and i try to take the photos when i'm like out in nature and stuff a lot of times 
That's pretty cool. I think it's kind of like you're blending photography into your show as well. Yeah, because because the way yeah. the way I see it is like, dude, I'm training audio engineer wise. I'm training how to talk to people correctly. I'm training my right. any sort of graphic design skills that I have, which are super little. But uh, like my, <laughs> I, I want to eventually do some sort of like something with my writing. Writing is very important to me. So the way I see every episode is like, I kind of do it the hard way, the long way, just because I'm putting myself through school. You know, like I'm right I'm learning. So um, yeah. Um, so, uh, again, we still have, like, you, I feel like you just like, there's a lot to go into, but I do really want to talk about, uh, your, um, how you were able to get our intro up and running. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I want to kind of dive into that and kind of give us like, where was your starting point? Uh, you know, and how you were able to, and, like, we, cause you and I were going back and forth and I, I'm really proud of what this intro is. Same. Uh, and how, and how it turned out to be. So like where, I guess, you know, the, the main beat, I guess would be my first question. How are you able to develop that sound and what, what you thought was right for, for, for this whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we had a couple at the beginning. Um, there was a couple examples. I was just trying to get like the feel for like, does this sound good? Does this kind of get the right vibe? So I was just playing with a ton of loops and samples, um, on my end. Um, I actually had one that I had sent, one copy that I'd sent you. I actually had a friend that came over, a musician friend that was just, I was working with on, on something else and I had it up and I was like, bro, do you have a, like, like, do you have anything with like horns? Cause I was trying to get like some sort of like upbeat and, uh, he, he sat here for 10 minutes and like cranked out this like cool little beat and I had actually sent you, um, technically he did that, that part right there. And then I added some right. different things on it. Um, but so that was like part of the process, right? And we deemed that that wasn't exactly what we wanted, but it led us down like, okay, we do want horns, we do want upbeat drums. Um, so that was part of the process was was working with with my friend. He helped me out with one, but uh, otherwise, I I'm just always like kind of like looking for inspiration. So like once I know what I what the client wants, like once I know what you guys what you guys want for the final product then I'm kind of always looking for it. I'm basically like on. Right. Like I'm just like yeah. <laughs> everything I listen to, everything that I'm reading, everything like that comes on, every sound effect that I hear is like, is that it? Is that? No, nope, that's not it. Like sometimes <laughs> I'll literally like record sounds with my, of like just random stuff outside because it gives me inspiration. So with your guys' um, what I ended up doing, I used, uh, I, I produce in, in Ableton. Um, I'm not like a super good producer. I'm more of like the, I'm the ideas guy. I'm the creative guy. But uh, I used um I, I found some loops and samples um in arcade output which is a like a vst plugin it's basically like a loop synthesizer so in my drum pads or in my keyboard um different loops um you know are in certain keys and certain speeds and stuff and i play those in a sequential order to make a song so it'll be like you loop the drums and then i'll find some sort of other sample some other kit that has the horns right um yeah so i think that i want to say that i started with a beat and then i just kind of like started trying to uh, dive into that inspiration i started searching on youtube and i started like looking up things that are like you know drive-in movie theaters or like awards ceremony uh you know <laughs> trying to think of like, in, anything to do with like the movie world so i can just get right. some inspiration and like kind of go i'll literally follow youtube rabbit holes for inspiration to <laughs> make beats and shit so um yeah i, I don't remember exactly like what we had what what the first one was that was like okay this is in the right direction yeah I, yes i i do yeah it was it was a part where you sent me like a sample and it was almost like a drum line type thing 
but and I and I and I liked it, but I wasn't like it didn't really fit the tone. It was like I, it was like a snare drum kind of going in with the beat, and it was like a marching element. And then you was like, and I also have this element. And then you, then there was also one where you were like, all right, well here's this um here's this, like this other beat, and it was like, and all I heard was dun 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 dun, and I was like, oh hold up, what what's this? And you're like, yeah, this is some small thing I'm working on. And I was like, okay, all right, this is this is something. And then I was like, I, I think it needs the, uh, the horns. And then and then I then you got like da 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 da, and I was yeah. like, okay, hold up, wait a minute, now we're onto something right here. So yeah, it, it's funny because I, I thought, feel like when I sent it to you, I don't think that I had much confidence, and I was like, because I had multiple <laughs> different variations, and I was like, no, nah, <laughs> this one sucks. Just you're yeah. talking about that imposter syndrome or that like yeah. thinking your ideas aren't very good, but you're like, no, that's that's a good one. I like that. Let's follow that. That one, yeah. And then and then also like before we even talked about what we wanted, you. You knew us very well, and you kind of gave us a. Um, uh, you found that recording is like, good evening. We have a wonderful uh, show lineup for you guys today, and I'm like, where the hell did you find that? And you said you found it at old school drive-in movie theaters. I'm like, that's that's awesome. First of all, that's you know, perfect. it's yeah. it, it fit yeah. like the introduction of like the of the style of it. And then when you found that horn, it was like a great introduction to like mm. dun 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 dun, and then. At that point, you know, I feel like we had like it was like these clips. And then you also send clips from movies, which I didn't really I didn't really think that's what we wanted at first. But then when you introduced it, I was like, you know, we can find different clips. And I think some of them we ended up using. But you you use like Back to the Future clips, which we never had a discussion. That was my favorite movie. So yeah. at that point, we were like, I'm sorry. Did you? It's Did you working. know that already? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I didn't know that. There was a couple. There was like Back to the Future. Um, I, I used a little clip from I think The Matrix. Um, yes. The, the, there was a Marvel. There was a, a Iron Man movie that I had used. Yes. Yeah, but it's so cool that I like. I was like, I think that this kind of goes with the vibe. And then you're like, these happen to be my favorite movie. <laughs> my favorite yeah. Movie. <laughs> these are the best movies of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It was great. Hit, the, uh, hit and it then, right on the head. Exactly. And you know, I, we were, you know, we were going back and forth and. Uh, I was trying to think of like what things that kind of represent Ernesto and I as far as and like and I told you if anyone's listened to the podcast knows before, you know, we have an inside joke of Michael Caine and the prestige and how he uses the double. So I'm like that needs to be in the intro. Um, you kind of put the back to the future line with Marty McFly and saying uh, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. Actually, I think that was George McFly, not Marty McFly. Um, I'm like that line was perfect. Um, but the one for me was great and needed to be in there was uh you know when thor from thor ragnarok was saying yeah. i like i uh he's like uh, i know him he's a friend from work and yeah. ernesto and i we work together and yeah. so like that was <laughs> perfect. like perfect this needs to be in here and then another inside joke we have is you know ven diesel with when all about he's all about yeah. family Yes. <laughs> and i love the thing you put in there with captain america saying He's like, I think he said, uh, I thought we were friends or he, no, he was my friend. And then you instantly cut it with, uh, we're not friends. We're family. I died. Yeah. It's cool because it's cool how we got there because even using that friends of, uh, or, or that, that line where, um, Captain America and, and, uh, Tony Stark were fighting. I had actually, I don't know if it ended up in the final, but there was one, like I could do this all day. And that was yes. actually what sparked me because it's like, you know, you guys are binge watching stuff. So it's like I could do this yeah. all day. But it's yeah. cool how it's, you know, through a couple emails or a couple texts back and forth, we're able to be like, OK, yeah, we're using that, but kind of differently now. We're going to lead it into this. Exactly. Yeah. 
And I know that, you know, you know, Ernesto and I are talking back and forth and we wanted our voices in the intro as well. So I sent you back another cut from that of a couple of things that we've kind of said back and forth. And I loved how you like without it's something that it needed, but didn't know I needed it until you did it, which was like it looked like it was like a static from a radio, like it was being tuned as we were doing that. I thought that was a really cool element you added. That was a in nice there. little touch. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Yeah, that's a. I actually I do that sort of. I try to do something sort of like that, like a lo-fi or like a. I always really liked the sounds of like, you know, like I'll take recordings of someone opening up like a disc man, and like mm. putting in the CD, like because it's yes. like, like this is nostalgic sound that we're all like, was that just the sound of someone putting in a disc or like yeah. a tape, <laughs> tape cassette closing, you know, right on the beat. I just. I don't know. I like little extra things like that. Just those little extras really tie it in where you're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It, and also like how it ends with you have, you know, if you know, if you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. And then like you're hearing like a film reel kind of dialing it back. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like almost like it, like it's getting off the 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 film, the get like whatever machine that it runs, the film reel. Like it's like it's being over. The, the, the intro is over. And that's when Ernesto is editing it. He kind of like he puts our first words into the ending of that small sound bite. Yeah. Or like that's that that I love that. that. That was perfect yeah. at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, overall I get, you know, to say just, you know, we love what, how this intro turned out and it's something we were working on for, for months of trying to get it right. And again, you know, giving the creative process time to breathe and you were able to find those little nuances, stuff we didn't know we needed, but just by like, you just thinking about it, I'm like, that's it. That's exactly what I know this thing needs. And it just kind of organically worked out to this, you know, what we, you know, we start our show every day. And, you know, yeah. thank you very much for, 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 you know, allowing us to do that creative process. So something that I feel like, you know, we are proud of as well as you are creatively, hopefully proud of, of like you're able to create this sound as well as get a piece of us into that intro as well. Right. Yeah, dude, it, it was super cool to work with you guys on it because, you know, obviously it took longer than most things but you were very much like dude no let's we don't need to rush it we're fine we can yeah. just as it comes in for, for me right. <laughs> yeah like i i mean I, I can work under a deadline for sure i can get it done but it, it is really nice just me as someone i feel like as a creator there's i it's like if i have a project i'm working on i'm on or off in that in that realm right. so like at, at the end of this month i have a um a virtual event that we're doing um djing and it's a lot of electronic music and so I'm kind of flipping like what I'm listening to throughout the day isn't what I would normally be listening to. And I'm kind of like right. listening to different things in my environment than I would be if I wasn't booked for that show. And so right. I, it's it's I, I'm not going to say that I'm like a, a method actor by any means or anything. But <laughs> I just feel like as, as a creator, I really work best when I can just turn that thing on. And then once I know it's on in the back of my head, I know that I'm always looking for it. In, in, right, in exactly. all hours of the day, you know, so. And then when cool. you, when you know it, you know, it's there. Uh, but again, thank you for all the hard work you put into it. I really do. We, we do really appreciate, you know, and we're really happy with this and the turning out and, you know, we, uh, we have a lot, we have a lot more to ask you, but we're, we're I think we're going to save this for another, another day. We're going to, we're going to find we just need you to come, to come back, back on. on. Yeah. We just exactly. Yeah. We, there's down, a whole, awesome. whole we, you know, we, we didn't even dive into your, your, your DJ career, but we're, 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 that's why we're going to bring you back on. We're going to have that conversation together cool. Uh, cool. and kind of, kind of dive into that. But we do have one more question for you before you, before we leave you. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie. Okay. Give me a sec. 
It's it's a difficult question. We've asked this many times, and it, it's never. I haven't I heard a lot. Of, question. A lot of people don't. It's like it's funny because a lot of people don't just go in there and be like, ah, it's this one. People are it like, trips Ooh. up a lot of people. It, it does. It, it does really make does. a lot of people. It's think. so it's hard to pick one because I'm just thinking of how many amazing movies I've seen. There's just so many. Um, Maybe one something that just resonates with you, just off the top of your head. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll, I'll give two. Um, Inception was like definitely a fantastic life changing movie to me. I really loved that, um, and it's also the first time that me and my me and my now fiance hung out. I actually had this like uh, I was gonna I was gonna watch it with another like homie when it came out, and he canceled. <laughs> so I hit up I hit up my girlfriend. I was like, well, if he bails, like, do you want to hang out? I was just super casual about it, not very yeah. <laughs> romantic. And so that was like our first movie we watched together when we first hung out. Um, that yeah. and then um, I honestly I gotta sit like Greatest Showman is is oh, wow. has this place in my heart that's like it's one of the most inspiring movies. Like it brings me to tears almost every time. I I have I have that like the desire that that P.T. Barnum has to like you know do something great and just like bring you know what only his vision to the world. So it, that movie really inspires me. So let's go with Inception and uh, Greatest Showman. Totally wow, love great. both of your answers and couldn't agree with you more, especially about the Greatest Showman. Like I remember watching it the first time with my kids and they're like, Dad, why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> why aren't you crying? Why? I think the better question is why aren't you crying? Yeah. It's just it's everything you ever want. <laughs> 100%. Dude, oh man, it's so good. I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna watch it right now. Actually, I got stuff to do today, but now I'm no, I'm just gonna watch that. We're going out with the kids. I'm just gonna pop this. I'm just gonna pop the soundtrack in. Hundred percent. The sound. Dude, you can if you ever put on the soundtrack when you go running. It's very inspiring. Oh, oh, it's good. Dude, yeah, you might sing. You'll, you'll probably sing as you're running. Yeah. yeah. I can only imagine Ernesto just running. It's like this is the greatest show. Oh, you better. If somebody, oh yes that part right there i feel like if somebody ran past me singing that though i would be so pumped in my own way i'd be like should i follow this guy is he the most inspirational awesome person ever everything you ever want a ton of people are just start running after each other because we're all so inspired we're just singing come on guys it turns into glee (laughs) that's amazing full circle Jake, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a blast to have you back Seriously. on, or not back on, to have you on the first time. And we're going to bring you back on because we had such a great time. It. We're going to pick yeah. another movie. Most, we're going to talk about definitely. you. Yes, I had a great time uh, just discussing, you know, you know, movies, life. It's just, again, we didn't know where this conversation could go, how this was going to form, but it kind of had a mind of its own, and I, I loved every minute again. So, Jake, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you guys again for having me. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, thanks for everything that you guys are doing just within your own podcast. I think there's a lot of little things that you do that are inspiring that you may not notice that are inspiring. Um, I think you guys, everything you're doing on social media lately is amazing. I I think it's thank great. You. I think it's getting it's more interaction with everything. Um, yeah, I love what you guys are doing. I love hanging out and talking with you guys. I think this was awesome and I really do look forward to the next one. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want to go f- follow Jake and his podcast, you can go look at Junkyard Love Podcast, wherever you can find podcasts. Um, if you want more from us, you can always go to our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers. You will see a lot more than what you hear here. What you hear here. You get a lot more from us. Uh, so just we head over to that. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. So you won't be disappointed by hopping over to our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers. And for that, thank you guys for listening. I've been your host, Matt Diaz. Once again, thank you, Jake, for coming on. See you guys.